Hello and welcome to this episode 35 of the Northern Invasion podcast. Um, we're starting things uh, light this evening. There's, there's myself, Stu West, and I am joined as ever by um, Mr. Hobby, uh, Scott Smith. <laughs> Evening all. Um, um, Nathan's currently um, yeah, um, enjoying fatherhood. Uh, soon to be Doctor Watson is enjoying fatherhood and is uh, is currently bathing his new child, so um, he'll be joining us soon. And uh, the youngest of the of the pups is um, is out playing magic or something, so he may join us. It depends if we're fast. So there you go. Uh, it's quality, not quantity. That's right. Right. So respect your uh, elders, etc., etc. Well, it's been a while. We've uh, we've we've had three weeks, I think, since our our last episode graced the airwaves, um, and a lot's happened. We've had tournaments, we've had releases, uh, we've had all sorts. We'll maybe come onto that in the news. Um, so there we are, and this is officially um, the beginning of season two of the Northern Invasion podcast. To this very day, we were. Is, um, is this a we year were, exactly? Is it? Well, it's a year since we upgraded to our um, our full uh, package, if you like. The first uh, one, when we first started, I think it was just a couple of hours uh, a month that we could upload. So I think we released one or two episodes in the August, and then we maxed out our um, our what we were allowed to to, to broadcast. <laughs> so we upped ourselves to some premium stuff and. Uh, and I, I know because it's just come out of my bank this morning. I got, I got a, an email from them saying, thank you for renewing. So there you go. That was fun. So a year to the day. So season two. I, I did say in our Patreon uh, email that went out, I said that we may consider changing the uh, the intro music. And, and it was it was meant with resistance from many quarters. <laughs> so I don't think we'll be doing that. I think we're going to stick with it. Yeah, stick with it. Yeah, it's uh, it's part and parcel. So yeah, so that's good. We have had a um, we we did we had a, a month of of benevolence by waiving our um, our uh, Patreon payments this month. So so people will be happy and excited to find that their three dollars or twelve dollars or however much they've, they're supporting us by is is still there, so they can buy themselves a a pint of ale, a pint of maybe punk IPA. Or they could buy themselves a, I don't know, um, a small plastic model to play with. Um, but yeah, we we had a less content recently, so I thought, well, there you go. We'll have a month off, so um, we we will not take your money for nothing. So thank you very much for the continued support. We'll have a few more episodes this uh, this month, and we'll be ramping things up. Uh, so I suppose. We can very briefly do our hobby, I suppose. Since the last episode, I've been playing Warcry. And I've been, you know, that's you... all I've been playing. How many games have you played now, then? Uh, only six. Well, that's six more than me, but that's that's good. It is a really I'm... good game. I'm very keen. Yeah. No, it's good. Um, the first couple, or the first three, I think it was, or maybe even four, I played with Legion's. Um, and it was like a grave guardy list, so um, really slow shambly, but loads of bodies. It was pretty good. Um, but then I, I uh, 
when the cards and things came out, I thought, oh. so I bought myself some some Iron Jaws. Um, so this week I had a couple of games with some just brutes, five brutes, and they are an absolute nightmare for people to try and shift. Are they? Yeah. So, see, I wondered about if the if the new things would be better than the existing things. And that's that's the way to keep people happy and interested. But really, they want to get the new the new gangs kind of going. But you think they hold their own? Certainly, do they? I I think the new ones are really good, but there's a lot more finesse. I think that you need to get to know them pretty well, and maybe what's in one box isn't optimal. So Uh, I think when people start um, doing a few conversions or buying multiple boxes, you'll see some really strong um, bands coming out. Um, it, the thing is, there's so much variety in like the uh, what you're going to play, the scenarios and things. So you draw a card. It's cards based for those people who don't know. It's a bit like the open war cards from AOS and 40k. So you'll have like a deployment. You'll have a card for how your scenery is set up. You'll have one for uh, how the objectives are put down. Then there's like a twist card and stuff. Um, and it really varies. So my iron jaws are really slow. And there's very few bodies. Um, so that can be a big hindrance because you can't really control. Objectives are controlled by having more models within a certain uh, distance, similar to AOS. Um, but then there are other things like where you can um, you can grab a piece of treasure. And if at the end of uh, the turn you've still got hold of it, you get victory points or whatever. So if you've got uh, an Iron Jaws Brute with 35 wounds, and a toughness of six that I had um, in this one game because the twist was something to do with Nurgle. Um, you're just not going to shift that. It's only a three-turn game, that game was. So he picked it up turn one, and, and he had two full warbands attacking him, and he still didn't shift him. So um, they're really good defensive, but they're not very good at um, swamping an objective, obviously, with only five models. Mm. But, yeah, it's good. It's really good. The variety is great. The amount of terrain you get in that starter box, I am a bit... Um, bit gutted I didn't go with a starter box now. Uh, but I've got my eye on... Have you seen that they've started doing these um, these terrain packs? So you can buy, like, uh, packaged up, re-pa- rebranded and repackaged other stuff, like the old Sigmarite Mausoleum Garden yeah. and more. There's one of those. But there's a good one that's... I think it's called... Um, what's it called? It's some kind of shattered Sigmar temple. And it's just a load of... Uh, a load of really nice looking stuff from that um, uh, that range of the new stuff that's come out with the temples and the uh, statues and all that business. Yeah. So I've had my eye on that element. I've not seen much of that yet at all yet. It looks good. Yeah, it's uh, it's big and flat. It's a bit like that stuff that Gary at um, Dark Fantastic does. He does them really nice um, sort of like uh, Tomb King-esque type uh, temples and things that are modular. They're a bit like that and it's... It's good because you can use them in normal games, but with the new um, terrain rules for things over a certain size not being classed as unique terrain, I'd be interested to see. I think that the individual ones themselves probably fall within the the 12-inch minimal, minimum, maximum. (laughs) Uh, But I think when you start being modular and linking things together and making walkways and putting sections on the end, you're probably going to end up with an interesting-looking table, but it's... It's likely to go out with the uh, um, the sizes for for rolling on the mysterious terrain. But yeah, uh, so that's me. So I've built 
I've built and finished. I did one test iron jar brute, and then I've been working on the other four. And yeah, I've managed to get it down. I'm just looking at it now. So I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 21 paints I'm using for my iron jar, <laughs> which is the least paints I've used for any models in years and years and years. And that's because I'm using quite a lot of contrast ones. But um, good, good. Yeah, 21 paints for me is that's fast. Um, so I'm, I've anyway, I've uh, I've made the decision that Caradron weren't doing it for me, and I pulled the trigger. And I enjoyed painting these brutes so much that I've uh, yeah, I've just gone and. Um, yeah, I've, I've I've been to to Element and um, I've earned my crystals or my gems or whatever it is you earn there, and I've I've just uh, acquired uh, a full Iron Jaws army. So, so you've got a full two a full two K, did you? Uh, not quite, not quite. Um, I'm waiting for the new book. Yeah, I've got enough to get me out. There's a couple of start collecting boxes and some extra brutes and um, some characters. Uh, but I've not gone with a more crusher yet, just because. Well, oh, I've you'll got. Definitely, a, you'll definitely be one of them. Maybe, but I've got a war boss on on like Wyvern, which I still quite like the model. Um, uh, and it won't be. It won't be in the book, though, surely. Well, that's it. I don't know. At the moment, it's an ally, so we'll have to wait and see. What's it available? Because that's what. Well, can you buy it from GW just now? Uh, I don't and know. It's probably it's, it's green skins, isn't it? So it's it's, it's not going to uh, be. It's going to be iron jaws and bone splitters only, surely. Yeah, I suppose so. But at the moment, it's still nice. Um, you know, I could put it onto an, a, a what's it base, a, a more crusher base, and stick it on something. It, people might let me off with it. <laughs> but we'll see. But what about yourself? What have you been up to? Um, well, since we last uh, did an episode, now was that pre Warpath? Uh, I think, I think Warpath it was, might have just come out i think i don't think any oh, of us have played anything i can't remember no i mean pre uh warpath the event oh the event oh sorry i'm war crying and warpathing yeah it was pre-warpath yeah so well we had that um and that's well that's that's part of the hobby i've, do, I've done some financial hobbying um, <laughs> <laughs> as, as ever that's what uh, we're best at really isn't that, it that's what we're best at uh, uh yeah bots can war cry again i've not had a chance to open it yet but uh, have you got the book I do well. I got the I got the I got the box. So the starter oh, right. box, and I've got the unmade, unmade, <laughs> the unmade. It's very apt. Um, and I picked up a few of the cards for, <clears throat> like flesh eaters and uh, some other sort of armies that I'd like to chuck a little board uh, gang on the board one day, hopefully. Um, but yeah, just haven't a chance to get around to it yet. Um, I, I really want to. It looks it looks stunning. The models and. Even just listening, or not listening, but seeing on Twitter, uh, there was the sort of Black Sun Chris Tomlin event at the weekend down south. He did a little Warcry tournament, and so you know there seems to be well attended. And I have no idea how it played out or anything, but it's uh, you know that, that that might be something that that catches fire as well. You know, a cheeky little one day or something like that. That could be fun. Yeah, I'd be interested well, in that definitely. I like you say like the evening before. It's like when we're going to to Sweden, uh, not Sweden. We're going to yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry to our friends in Norway. <laughs> we're, go, we're going to Norway um, in a couple of weeks, and um, and uh, they've got a Underworlds kind of event yeah. in the evening, haven't they? Um, yeah. But 
that was, I suppose, the thing. Um, I'm not sure I can. Uh, I'm not sure I can. Uh, my brain can handle that. To be honest, I might. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not taking any. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna sit back and um, sample the the local ale. Uh, yes. And I'm. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna speak to to the local folk. And, That's uh, it, a bit of mingling, a bit of uh, networking. That's what yeah. we're doing. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna compare my uh, my. My Scandinavian. I I have some very basic kitchen Swedish. I was talking about this to somebody recently. Um, that that gets me by um, and allows me to break the ice with with folk from Sweden. Um, unfortunately, I I I, don't, I have no idea if it's if it's the same in Norway or if it's <laughs> just insulting to to even to, well, to we'll them in out. Swedish. <laughs> so we'll see. I don't know. There's one or two. Um, people going over but anyway we'll uh yeah we'll have fun well, it's only in a biker gang hut so what's what's the worst thing that could happen you know so yeah yeah <laughs> and we're only in the arctic circle yeah and we next, know nobody next to the airport there's there's, there's, you know, there's plenty of noise to drown out things and stuff so yeah we'll at least we'll have, our pa- we'll have our passports at least <laughs> yes <laughs> so have you picked have you found a, a transport solution then for your army I have. So I was originally looking at Battle Foam Magna Rack, whatever they're called, the uh, 432 hand luggage size bag. Uh, and it was, you know, it's not cheap. It was about best part of 200 quid um, all in. Uh, and I was kind of umming and ahhing. And I wasn't even sure if I could fit. Well, I was pretty sure it wouldn't fit my default flesh eater army, which. Is, is painted and ready to go. And all, after all my months of umming and eyeing and promises of Iron Jaws Army, or <laughs> I'd even thought about a Trog Army, which I've bought as well. And I'd, <laughs> I'd like to put on the table a sort of mad Trog off list. After speaking uh, to Rich Morley, he, he, he sort of messaged me ages ago uh, after I'd put a tweet out saying, what's a good army to travel with on an airplane? And he came back with this uh, Gits Army, 90% of it Trog. Which looks really cool, and he's had fun with it. Uh, so I've got that, but of course it's not painted, it's not even <laughs> built, so there's zero chance. Uh, so yeah, I'm taking flesh ears, and I wanted to. So I was thinking, well, if I take the magna rack, I might not be able to take a terrorgeist and fit in all my flares and other stuff, you know. And I know you get sort of three layers in it, but you really need to take the middle one out, I think, to fit the terrorgeist in. Um, so I was kind of, I mean, I, I thought, well, I don't want to spend 200 quid on it and, and not be able to take anything decent. And I'll get some use out of it eventually, but I thought, hmm. Uh, so ended up sort of checking things at the weekend there. And just at the weekend, I did a bit of Googling and, you know, checked checked the hand luggage measurements for our for our flights. And they're, they're the sort of normal hand luggage measurements. They're not the old Ryanair kind of <laughs> <laughs> minimum hand luggage they've they've, they've, they've stripped it down to now so it's a decent hat what, what you used to expect hand luggage being you know a little mini suitcase sized so yeah i bought a little rucksack thing that's designed to be that size it's designed for air travel so it's not it's not solid or anything but it will fit my little box in it which has got a uh, it's, it's the box i took the flares down to six nations in two years ago so it's got the steel sheet at the bottom glued to it it's, and, and they're all magnetized so they just stick to it nicely and the and the terrorgeist actually i discovered he's he's on an mdf base so i can't mag, i can't bother changing it but he sort of wedges in nicely anyway and he, he won't move so everything fits in that box and that box fits in that bag that cost me 30 quid from amazon so oh, that's all right so i've saved myself 170 quid to spend on about what five pints of in norway yeah. probably <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> um, I have to get my Krona um, ordered. I keep saying yeah. that, don't I? So I have to get that done. Yeah. No, that's yeah. good. I, you know, those Magnaracks, I saw somebody recently at an event and they had a similar thing that you've done there. Now, I don't know if this is a, a sensible thing, but they had their models stuck to the underside of the tray above as well. Yeah, so, and I've seen yeah. people talking about that, and even on the sides as well. So just, just make yeah. that proper three-dimensional magnetic storage solution. So, yeah, there's there's definitely more space you can use in the box, definitely, yeah. um, rather than just being the normal the normal way up. So, well, But, I mean, we'll the, save, the box we'll, is fine for what I've got. We'll save that for when we go to Vegas. We'll, we'll maybe <laughs> uh, invest in some for that, eh? or yes. to Australia or something, depending <laughs> on where our travels take us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but that that's, in terms of hobby, I've, I've not painted anything for for a while I, I did have to trim the terror so still still not on the storage box solution here i did have to clip about an inch of terrorgeist wing off the yeah. top yeah, um, is it that spiky get, bit yeah right at the yeah. very top just to get the lid to to properly close and without it pressurizing it um so i just snipped it and fuck it done yeah mine mine snapped off in the last the last event i took them to so i only mm. noticed tonight when i was repacking the army um but ah well could be worse yeah it is dead, so it doesn't matter, does it, if it's missing exactly. or if it's, it's wink. Yeah, it's ba- battle battle scars and stuff like that. So Yeah. So so talking of dead stuff then, we we've had a new release, haven't we, this month? Or that it's not actually out yet. Mm. But we've uh we we we've had pictures, like quite a lot of pictures really. There was quite a yeah a, a big release uh, reveal and we have the um well it kinda caught me um off guard really. Because I wasn't, I know that we've had a few a few leaks about the the tithe of bones and whatnot, yeah. but we we have a totally new uh, death army on the way. The, Os- the Ossiarch Bone Reapers. Yeah, which sounds interesting. Um, but but what what's your thir- first thought? Because I mean, I think everybody can accept that these are um, almost like your. Uh, funhouse mirror reflection of our old tomb kings in that you, you can kind of see certain yeah. things in there you can see that they've they've gone with you know they've got the 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 old screaming claw catapult there's a catapult based thing in there there's um there's like the upshapti stuff there's the the big constructs um there's a, a similar graveguard type unit there's cav um so it's a lot of stuff that that we is familiar, but it's got a totally different look, hasn't it? It does. So, I, so this was the Nova open release uh, preview thing, and it was all. It was like one a.m. local time. It was like a Wednesday night or something, Thursday night. I can't remember. Um, I remember waking up at some random hour, sort of thinking about it. Obviously, I was thinking about it the night before, and uh, I woke up thinking, "Oh, I'll check my phone." I'd look at it, and I, and I must have. I think probably because it was like four a.m. when I looked at it. Um, and first thought was definitely, oh, wow. That's, and I was a little bit underwhelmed. I hadn't quite looked at the images very closely. Um, and some some of the poses are kind of were a bit, well, I don't know, I'm not sure. Um, so I was a little bit kind of, mm. um, But then looking back on it, you know, a day later, a couple of days later, and even now look, I'm looking at it, just scrolling through the pictures just now, it, it, it's definitely grown on me a lot. It's mm-hmm. Some of the models are, are amazing, and it, you know, I think everyone was sort of taking the piss out of the four-armed skeleton yeah. monstrous dudes because uh, they basically like the old uh, original Tyranid models, don't they? Kind of yeah, uh, swinging four swords about. <laughs> um, but they, 
uh, they've grown on me a lot actually they're, they're actually maybe my favourite model in the new thing I think some small conversions and tweaking and a different colour scheme for me I, I was I wasn't yeah. really taken by the colour um, I think it was a little bit I don't know it's proper um, heavy metal isn't it it's got the kind of highlighted plates out to a little point same as the same very, very well same as the as the more gas type plate you know the kind of layered plates on them they've, they've done yeah. it dark with a bit of kind of blue white spot highlighting but, and there's talk of them being in the book as well which is yeah cool. which i i'd quite like um yeah because i i i use more gas quite i think i've got 12 of them yeah um, nice i only i only play with four um but i have got another eight in boxes um <laughs> just because you have to have spares don't you oh absolutely um, and then I, I mean i'd love it if the if the the true Mortarks were in there, but 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 before we touch on yeah. those, there, there is yeah. a there is a a new man, and he's got a a, a well. pigeon headed envoy that's uh, that's there with him. But I mean, that's you know, it's, I mean, I, it's I an interesting it's model. Like, yeah, it's funny because like folk have said, it's a bit like the old casket of souls. It's a very stationary model because well, it's surrounded yeah. by retainers, yeah. and it's sort of stood on a almost piece of scenery. Blue with a scroll, kind of kneeled in front of him. Yeah, it's uh, so th- this definitely smacks of the old Tomb King stuff, but it doesn't. It, it makes is... you think, how's it going to play in the game? You know, does it? Does he just stand where he is, and he's got he's got infinite range to do whatever he does? You know. Yeah, I just don't know. I mean, he's not very dynamic looking. You, no. He doesn't look like a combat monster, but then no. I mean, he's he, he doesn't look like just a support piece either, does he? I mean, imagine it'll be pretty powerful, but it's quite pretty tanky looking. Well, that's the next question: is what's their what's their thing? How they because they will be, they will be good. Let's be honest, they'll be good. Um, but they've got to take on Slanesh, Skaven, you know, daughters, flesh eaters. How, how are they going to be? What's their thing going to be? I wonder. How are they going to? How are they going to muscle their way into the top? Yeah, I'm sure, I don't I'm know. Sure that, I'm, I'm sure they'll be good. Yeah, they'll have to have something. I mean, they're they're all like constructs, aren't they? They're sort of like yeah. um, they're not pretty well armored. Traditional death. They're not like um, raised. I don't know. Well, just skeletons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these are like beefy constructed creatures. That I think that I was reading through the fluff of it, and it was saying, um, you know, the the idea is that you've got a, a variety of different souls put into one model and um into one sort of like construct so that they can you know adapt fighting styles or they can they can take the better parts of each uh, personality um to, to perform better so it is a very different sort of thing unless morgasts and things it, it turns out that they're a similar thing and you might you might end up getting a a stronger flavor for them if they are in the book and start mm. learning a little bit more about them which are the Morgaths are going to be the elite ones if they are in there because they are still, yeah, yeah, they're massive and I mean, they're it brilliant. Looks quite, it looks quite an elite army as it is, you know. The... Yeah, it does. And the, and the artillery pieces—they're massive, they're huge yeah. things. They're yeah, and even the ca- even the cavalry—they look like rhinoxes and things. They're not yeah, like yeah. the old. Um, they're not just like horses, are they? They're like a monstrous calf. Yeah, and um, it looks like there's a sort of trebuchet version of that catapult thing as well so yeah i'm not too sure is that is that there was a picture if you, if you look at the side kind of, of it or is it is it an actual new model i think like it's a separate al- build al- yeah like an alternate build maybe but it, it looks like so you know if you freeze frame the the video clips then you can always find little easter eggs in there or stuff that's out of focus you know and yeah 
people have zoomed in and found a, what looks like a sort of trebuchet weight. Um, so who knows? Maybe it's just well, a different. So, so this is going to be coming in October, I think the release thing said, didn't it? I think so. So this begs the question then. So we're now in September. Um, we know next week we've got Gortrick and we've got some other... Um, uh, there's a Warcry Crate Chimera thing. Yeah, there's, there's the, and there's the Mercs and Monsters and um, there's the, the bands that were in the starter box have come oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but that that takes us up to the week after next, so that's middle of September. We know in October we're getting them, which means when do we when are we getting the free cities and the orc book? Oh, I think they'll just drop them in a week and that'll be it done. There's, there's no new, there's, there's no new models. There's just no. going to be two books landing. Yeah, so you'd they've imagine done it that that'll be like November then, wouldn't it? No, I think it might be before this. Yeah. I think we might squeeze it in. A wee cheeky oh, week. Right. Okay. That'd be exciting if it is. Maybe we will be, yeah, yeah. Because they like to get their battle forces out pretty sharp, don't they? So Yeah, you know, and I think Christmas in, times. in yeah, in amongst Christmas they'll they'll probably want these uh these things to sell. So mm. oh, it's good. No, it's exciting times. I think it'll be a slower year next year because it's been pretty hectic this year, hasn't it? Yeah, I'm trying to think what's going. Yeah, we'll need to review. I can't even think. <laughs> yeah, we'll do we'll do one after. Um, well, we'll do one in the autumn, um, as as winter's coming in, as we're building up to the the masters. Um, that'll be good. And we've got okay. ogres too. Remember, there's ogres coming. Yeah, there's ogres. So, mm. yeah, there's, there's a lot. Um, I think the ogres are going to have to come out in October as well because if the um if the new starter box is these plus ogres. The new ogre book will have to drop at the same time, really, won't it? Yeah. I wonder if the tyrant will be in a box set or whether it'll oh, be. Oh, it will be. You think so? And then they'll say it'll be exclusive to the box set. I suppose it'll be, it'll be the Arch, Arch Regent and the, yeah, and the, the Revenant. The Art yeah, Revenant yeah. or whatever it is, yeah. Oh, well, two of them it is. Good. Yeah, there you go. Sounds right. good. <laughs> Next. So, so we've, uh, yeah, we've got a lot to look forward to. Um, I, it's funny, you know, I was just thinking there that uh, this is the first episode in season two. Um, it's been a while since we've we've done like an intro to the game section, and you know um, we've had AOS two since then, and we've had FAQs and things, and I've had a couple of people, including my own sister, um, <laughs> who've, who've said, well, why don't you do a, a full introduction, talk people through how the game works? And does I she, remember, uh, how, does she yeah. listen? Uh, no, <laughs> but yeah. she is interested in the game. But uh. somebody who doesn't know the game isn't just going to be able to slot right in are they and i remember the old aos shorts things were really really good um but they kind of got outdated when aos 2 dropped so i don't think there's anything out there that's a a good intro and i think that maybe we could do that in the next uh, episode or two and just talk through each of the phases uh just just to give people a little refresher and then we can signpost people to it who are interested in picking up the game um that might be yeah, might be worth good. it to win. uh do a little focus on each of the each of the um phases or something but yeah so there you go anyway that was a suggestion from her because she's interested in the game but doesn't know what, what it's all about um so anyway so happy days that is i think our news i don't think we've got a great deal more um so we're no, still be. a little while before um 
uh, before uh, Miss Doctor Watson um, finishes cleansing his his newborn. So, um, should we look? We've got onslaught this weekend coming as we go to as we're recording. So that's uh, a few short days. Um, we'll maybe go through some of the lists afterwards. But do you want to talk us uh, talk us through the pack and um, how it's scored and and any points of note? Because um, yeah. I think this is Mark's this is Mark's first tournament, isn't it? That he's run. So it is. It is um, Mark Roberts. It, so some interesting our, stuff in there. A resident Welshman, uh, who's living just not far from me. Actually, lives very close, so he comes along to the local club thing that we do. Um, so yeah, good to see he was keen to start an event when we kind of said we need more events in the calendar. So he he jumped up and. Uh, so this is the, this is onslaught's the debut, um, and it's a two dayer. So he's going in at the deep end, uh, and it's coming up this Saturday. Usual place, common ground games, where we have ninety percent of our events up here, and it's kind of standard fare: five games, two thousand points, blah blah blah. Um, what he's done is uh, pre-drawn the missions. So we talked about this maybe last time or time before. There's obviously pros and cons to either way. So Mark decided to, to draw his missions early, um, and it's a list submission event, which uh, people I think just maybe last week was the deadline. I can't even, uh, see. I'm not going, so I'm kind of a bit loose on it here. Um, I had to drop out. I've got a stag night on Saturday, so I'll be uh, I'll, I'll be getting drunk in somewhere in Glasgow. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's, that's a good enough excuse yeah so and it's my uh, future brother-in-law so I can't really drop out of that one so um, so there we go uh, so he's drawn it uh, game one's knife to the heart game two focal points game three places of arcane power so hero mission in there game four star strike game five scorched earth so a decent mix of um, <clears throat> well pretty much are they all new actually from GHB 19 they Star, Star Strike's changed, Scorched Earth has changed, Arcane Power. Yeah, I think he's Red. done all the 19 versions of him, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. In fact, there we go, yeah, he said that there. So yeah, they're all the new versions. So there's no there's no little old ones from the first, uh, there's no six, but that's fine. So a, a decent spread of missions there, so that should help keep things a little bit more rounded. Um, he's running it on tabletop.to, so he's uh, followed what several of us have done already, so that's good. Um it's worth noting as well, sorry, uh, just going on to that. <clears throat> I was looking through it, and he's actually got the the stuff on there so you can submit your own results and that you can do your best army votes and your yeah. um, your uh, favourite game votes through the system as well. So that's a yeah, first so that's, for us. Um, well, actually, it was at Warpath. So, uh, oh, was it? So Matt did it at Warpath. That's that, that's first I'd seen it. Um, I think I saw the sort of email th- or sort of thing, the message that was put up by the guy that runs it saying that's possible but i never really looked at it um and uh but matt matt got that going and it was really good so it was paperless you know save the planet and all that and uh, uh it worked it worked absolutely fine um very successful i think so so matt's uh, so mark's keeping that going um and he's got the the sort of standard scottish recipe for scoring um 30 30 points for a major 15 for a minor 10 for a draw Five for a minor loss, zero for a major loss. So that's just the standard mm-hmm. Scottish recipe we've got here. I, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm I'm a, a small voice. Uh, I think I'm outvoted by everybody else. 
<laughs> no, I, I still stick to my old my old ones. So yeah. No, I don't subscribe to it. But but it's fair enough. It's fair enough. I I don't really buy the argument of a, a draw being worth so little. Um or and a minor win being only worth half. Uh, personally. You gotta but, play the missions, you gotta play the missions. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we a debate for another day. Uh, he has so the usual secondaries. Uh, sorry, the usual tiebreakers are in there. Strength schedules, first tiebreaker, followed by net VP. So that's the that's the Scottish recipe you'll find on tabletop tabletop.to. And there's there's a plethora of scoring recipes on there just now. Um, there seems to be a little boost recently as well. Um, other events sort of setting up their own thing. The Irish are on there, and there's loads. There's loads of subtle tweaks on the same theme, basically. So, and he, yeah. the guy's very open to changing it. So, that's good. Um, what what Mark doesn't have in the event is is the use of secondaries, um, which is fine. We 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 talked about this sort of Six Nations review time that one of our weaknesses up here was just not playing enough with secondaries. So, a lot of the events are starting to uh, get them on board. Mike's Howling coming up in October is going to be using them. Uh, it'll be in Tempest for sure in January um, and the Masters before that. So we're, we're we going used to... them at Northern Invasion as well, didn't we? And did we Matt did. use them as well? Um, he didn't, I don't think. No. I have to try and remember now. So anyway, that's fine. But that was Matt's kind of first time running. So I think yeah. you know, Mark's, Mark's trying to keep it simple and that's fine. Um, yeah. But we are looking to use more secondaries uh, up here just to get to get more used to it and get... Uh, I think I think we add stuff to the game as well. Even out, not not everyone's interested in Six Nations, but what it, obviously what it does add to Six Nations is the kind of grayscale for the scoring. Yeah, you've got you've got something else to play for, and and that can be the same in a one-off tournament game. It, it just gives you a little bit extra you can play for, you know. So um, if it's looking bleak and you're getting uh, and you're getting uh, the major loss becoming apparent early, early doors, you've, you've got a chance to to, to rein some points back in, and you've got something to play for rather than just saying, "Ah, oh, good game, mate." So anyway, that's that's that. It's, it's not at the ans- uh, onslaught. That's, that wouldn't make it a bad event at all. Um, and that's uh, that's pretty much the pack. He, actually, no. What we should say is he has got probably for the first time in a Scottish event is a little etiquette kind of checklist almost type thing. Yeah. Which we talked about ages ago on here. As something we'd try and maybe get up and running, and we never kind of crystallised it or anything. Um, I think he took a good chunk of it from reading the uh, hero phase um, podcast. Who are they? Who are they? Who are they? Who you say? Yeah. yeah. Who are, yeah. Who are who you? Are they? The best matter. and probably worst podcast coming out of Ireland just now. I, I don't, don't know. Even know. Okay. I don't know. I don't even know that we've, I've never heard them. Some, <laughs> some mouthy get runs it or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, they have a lot of etiquette in their, in their packs and it's, and it's well written. It seems to, designed to do the right job we, we, we talked about it briefly before but we can talk about it more with other guys when they're on they'll, they'll have their views on it but basically um he's got a little tickle of tournament points um available so the etiquette is up to 10 points in the total pack so you're, you're looking at you know 150 points available for five major wins he's got an extra 10 in there for your etiquette which everyone should be getting so it's just a little is that not 10 per game it's uh let me check that. Is Have I read that wrong? No, it's it's two for each game. Oh no, sorry. I think you're right. Sorry, I'm reading this wrongly. Yeah, two, I think two it's bonus two, TP two per per thing games. per game. I think. Yeah. Okay, so it's still still a wee sweetener. <coughs> um, yeah. 
if the dice is not flat on the mat, re-roll it, blah, blah, blah. So that's that's kind of standard. Remove fails. We've talked about this before. Allow your opponent to witness successful rolls before proceeding. Show your opponents the ranges you're measuring before moving models. State intent always and agree before moving. So just keeping things open and clear. Yeah. Announce all rolls before dice leave your hand, rather than just rolling a dice and saying, oh, whatever, or, or saying nothing. Yeah. That, that kind of annoys me as well. So yeah. that's good. And just, yeah, the last one, state intent when moving models to a certain point. Do not expect your opponent to read your mind. So it's just all things. Just communicate with your opponent, play the game, interact, and just do it nicely. Yeah, uh, I think that's, that's it's kind of a common sense way. And it, people who are new to the game know it actually focuses the thinking. And, and I think it would be a good aid to actually playing better as well. You know, yeah. stating these things, you're going through it, and you'll soon remember a lot more of your, uh, of your, you know, your um, your war scrolls. If you if you're constantly saying them out each time you're doing them, and if you're remembering, I'm moving to here because I want to be nine away from that, but I'd want to be thirteen away from you, so you can't do this. And you know, it's it just helps you to play more strategically. I think. Yeah, yeah, right. I've I've, I've read it again. No, I think it is just a total of ten points. All right. Okay. So I it says here read it wrong. they're worth. So those five bullet points are worth two bonus TP each if met for all five games. So right. Got you. If you tick all those boxes in all five games, you get ten TP. Sounds so, good. And the, and the, the aim is not to try and catch somebody out by saying, "Aha! You didn't say that that dice roll is." On yeah. one occasion, and they lose turn up points. It's not designed to be this as uh, black and white as that. It's... No, and it has got some common sense sort yes, of at the end of it. There's a little be. paragraph saying. Um, you know, in certain situations, like yeah, if it. you've rolled eighty dice and there's only three successes, don't yeah. remove seventy-seven. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. Just point those out, and then. So yeah, there are, there is some common sense stuff there where it's yeah. not it's not a stick to beat someone with. It's it's supposed to be just helping the flow of the game and making everybody have a better experience. Yeah, make sure opponents consistent and not and just don't be a dick, basically. Yeah. Um. And that's kind of it, really. That kind of keeps it simple. So, yeah, I was looking forward to being in it. Um, it's a two-day event, and it's it was. You one. don't need the you don't need the tournament points. <laughs> you don't need them. I mean, you you well, host you you you're the host of um, one of the largest ones in the country, and then you don't need to attend the other ones. So I know. Why you would don't I need the to, ranking points? Do you? Why would I want to qualify for masters anyway? So anyway, it no, becomes it'll take away from the joy of running it, won't it? <laughs> it becomes apparent in uh, in late August that these things that I'm not going to qualify for masters anyway. So <laughs> it's all well, good. There's some there's some new names up there actually, isn't there? It's a it's an interesting. I don't, I don't think we've got. We're probably best doing the rankings update after onslaught, aren't we? Where it'll make a difference. I don't. Yeah. Know. yeah. There's been a little update since Warpath, but we'll we'll do it. Yeah, it makes more sense to do it after Onslaught, I think. So more. Yeah, because we'll do one. I'm assuming we're going to do a, a roundup of Onslaught, and we'll do maybe our our excited um, uh, build up to go to Norway, where we go through the pack for King in the North, and maybe go through their lists because that's a bit of an interesting pack as well, isn't it? Yeah, there's some good good little yeah, there is. In there it, that I think it's worth talking about. It's it's needed a few reads actually to try and because he's got a weird. Well, we'll talk about it later, but he's got a kind of unique secondary type table that you That's can right. that you can sprinkle into each of your games and yeah, there's, a sort of, there's, there's a maximum you can score from the game even so you can i think you can get a maximum of 25 is it from a major win and t- but for a minor win you can still get 20 if you score and 
enough uh, it keeps it secondaries. Tight. Yeah, so you can you can top I up on secondaries to we're gonna have to we're gonna have to absorb the pack. To be honest, I'm I yeah. might skim it on the plane. Uh, <laughs> we'll go over it and well, we'll probably we'll end up sat in some bar in Trump, so try to yeah. work it out frantically before we uh before That's we it. go. We'll have a few beers and then we'll have a look at it and it'll all be fine. Yeah. Like muscle memory. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. But I've noticed that they're using West Coast pairings. They're not using TTTO. So um, they do ask you to familiarise yourself with it and get yourself registered beforehand. Um, They say it's not mandatory, though. Um, So apologies, um, guys, but (laughs) (laughs) us us, uh, old non-tech savvy uh, folks are going to be coming over and you're going to possibly have to input our data. (laughs) Although you're all right, aren't you? You can work spreadsheets and things. Oh, yeah. I've not actually looked at that, that yet, Best Coast Peering, so anyway. No, oh, that's what it's called, Best Coast, isn't it? Not West Coast. Yeah. Used a lot for 40K, I think, isn't it? But Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure it'll be fine. There you go. So so that's the pack. Um, <clears throat> so that's the pack. Um, Hello. Oh, we've been joined. Just in time. So how how is um, fatherhood treating you, sir? <laughs> yeah, really well. It's good. Uh, it's good so far, anyway. Have you have you slept well? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've had a few nights where we've tried to get him down at about ten o'clock, and still been trying at half seven in the morning. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, in general, the last few nights he's been up like once through the night, and that's been it. So can't complain. Uh, I heard a lot good. of people get it really, really bad. So yeah, yeah he's kind of settling into a routine now, which is good. That's very good. No, the first one generally tricks you. Um, <laughs> so, so my eldest, she um, after five five weeks, she slept through constantly, and even now, she you have to fight to get her up um, <laughs> in the morning. She she loves to sleep. Yet the boy, um, he he was seventeen months before he slept through, and wow. he was the, the bane of the bane of our lives. But um, <laughs> the amount of a little bugger, uh, he'd only sleep if you paced and rocked him, um, which was, uh, yeah, challenging to say the least. But poor lad, he was just, it turned out he had acute reflux and um, was dairy intolerant, and we just didn't know for months, <laughs> so we just kept feeding him stuff that wasn't appropriate. But uh, no, I, I became very familiar with Family Guy. Because I found myself with a child in a car seat, swinging it gently as I watched Family Guy at four a.m. <laughs> so you're oh. Pulging biceps. And, uh... Yeah, yeah. So it's all that um, shaking paint pots. It gives you gives you stronger arms. Yeah, do you know I've been finding that. It's, it's definitely the shaking of the paint pots that's it uh, is. bicep <laughs> strength's unreal. <laughs> Oh uh, well, there you go. We've uh, we've done our introduction. I don't suppose you've got much of a hobby update. You you've been you've been busy. <laughs> Let's be honest. Well, still more still more than us. But you know. do you know I got a hobby done today? So there you go. Well done. Did you uh, get done? Uh, so I bought or at Christmas I got the. Um, remember they did the Azurite runes scenery. Oh yeah, yeah. And then at Christmas they did the bigger runes. The ones oh, the township. Yeah, the yeah. T- townscape. Yeah. Uh, so I I had that built for ages and it's been sitting in my box and I've been using it for scenery for games and it's all been unpainted but uh, just the other day Warcry announced that they're going to be using that townscape as scenery for yes. like one of the expansions Yeah. so I've been painting that up I didn't buy the starter box and I'm a little bit kind of 
I've been buying bits of the starter box on eBay. <laughs> They're yeah. probably going as well, just buying the full starter yeah. box. Um, I'm hoping that when it comes to like sort of matched play, you can use any of the expansions. Uh, I'll get the cards somehow when that box comes out. But I've been painting that up, and for my anniversary, my wife got me the unmade warband. So I bought a second oh, box okay. of that. And I've, uh, been oh, I've got to get. I've got to give you the money for the Corvus Cabal. Oh you yeah, yeah. That. Oh crikey, I forgot about that. Yes, sorry. That's all right. Are you there this weekend on Slot Yard? Yeah. So you're yeah, coming yeah. by on Sunday. Uh, me, oh, right, okay, I'll... baby, for a wee hour. So I'm dropping off a uh, Glimspite book to Andrew, and I'll bring the Corvus Cabal. I'll need to get the Corvus Cabal. Out. <laughs> I'll come to yeah. you Scott, at some point and pick that up. Well, I will figure it out. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, you don't, there's no rush. There's no rush from my side anyway. Um, I think Scott can always give it to me. At, um when we go over to yeah. Tromso, if the worst comes to the worst. So don't go out of your way to go and pick it up. Right, no worries. <coughs> anyway, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Transactions aside, uh, so we've just gone through the pack for Onslaught. Um, cool. We've talked about the new releases, um, and we're uh, we're going to have a look at some of the lists, maybe. Um, how should we do that? Should me and you go through our lists as well, Scott, for... Um, for this and for King in the North and whatnot, that might be yeah. interesting to folk. Um, I'll maybe just do that in terms of mine then. There was a couple of interesting ones in there. Um, so, so what about you, um, Nathan? Have you uh, have you managed to absorb the lists with all your free time? Hmm. I've looked through. I looked through all the lists. I've just opened it up again. I see John Connolly's now been added. I take it he bought the, the uh, last yeah, Grant Moody. He... Yeah. Grant yeah. Moody dropped out, and I think he picked up. Mm-hmm. Place. So I was just having a quick look at that there. It's another Skaven list, but yeah. Yeah. I've had I a mean, look through them all. Having a look at those Skaven ones, because obviously it's uh it's it's up there, top tier. And if Liam joins us in time, he's gonna do a bit of compare and contrast of the Slanesh lists because you can see a few of those turning up as well. Mm-hmm. Um not to mention uh a no ki- a no keeper one. I don't know if you'd you'd eyeballed that. Yes, I did see that. that that's uh, that's Orkney meta. Find oh, is this, li- is this uh, Spadges? Spadge. Yeah, yeah. Spadge I'm looking decided at to tell me, find the meta. Tell me he's got one for somebody. Uh, <laughs> he I, must I do. Asked, oh, well, I don't know. I think... Um, he must do. We, we were I just laughing, saw Slanesh and Epicurean Revelers and just assumed it was the same <laughs> bullshit everybody else thinks. No, no, no. We have to do things different up here. I think there's four Slanesh in there. Yeah, there's quite a few. So we were going to um, do a bit of compare and contrast from, I think Liam's probably the one who knows him best. And you can maybe do a similar thing for Skaven if that's uh, all right. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I've not really looked at the Skaven ones. I don't know how different they are. Every Skaven list is always different. Unless it's me. Well, even me and Kev's lists have always been a little bit different, but I've never seen identical Skaven lists. No. Because yours was more about locking down movement, wasn't it, and controlling what yeah. people do. Um, so yeah, well, do you want to kick off then and, and talk us, and then you can have a look at um, being a former Zinch player at, at my opponent, Mister Harper, because I'm going to tell him in a, when I come onto my list how to beat me and what it does. <laughs> so you can tell me what his does and how to beat him. Just uh, remind him of his rules when he tries to cheat, and then well, <laughs> that's the problem. I don't know his rules. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm just uh, scrolling through them. So I suppose I could start with Kev's, because Kev's 
now kind of swapped tack with his Skaven Tide list and he's now taken more movement suffocating spells. So he's got the uh, four Vermin Lords and the Gracier, Sword of Judgment on the Corruptor, uh, Master of Magic on his General Warps here for the plus one to cast and unbind once per hero phase. And then he's got Warp Lightning Vortex, Vermin Tide, Grave Tide, Palisades, Pendulum, and Purple Sun. So Vermintide, Grave Tide, Palisade, and Purple Sun all have massive bases. Like massive bases. <laughs> so you can like shut down a lot of movement with those. Um I've been actually tempted to drop Vortex from a for Vermin Lord list and put Purple Sun in along with some other spells now. But yeah, that's a pretty cool list. And I think that he's kind of got a handle on how to use it now. I'm just jinxing him now. He thinks he's <laughs> going to do really bad, but now I think he can do all right, especially in the meta that's kind of shown through with the lists. Um, do you guys have any questions about the Four Vermin Lord list? Because that maybe be easier if you don't understand something and want to explain. It. Well, I played, I played against Kev at what was it? Cry Havoc with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I, I think I've played your one yet, Nathan. Did we, did we, did we uh, play one time with that? I can't you remember. were my first game at oh, West that's Coast right. Wanderers before John Harper's event. That's right. In fact, right. so yeah, I played that, and then I played, I played you, then I played him. So, um, yeah, no, I don't know. It's a, uh, it's kind of just a bit crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, so you've... Are, the, are the vermin lords all the four different ones then? Yes. The only one he doesn't have is he doesn't have the Warbringer. So the Warbringer has the other version of Death Frenzy, the spell that lets you fight when you die. Mm-hmm. But it's not really necessary when you've only got three units of 20 clan rats as your battle line. So you take Vermin Lord Screech, the, the named one. Yeah. So he's got Dreaded 13, which is a 13-inch range spell. Roll 13 dice, a four-up is a mortal wound. So it's a bit stronger than the Lord of Changes, or can be a bit stronger, higher potential. And the Lord of Changes, uh, Infernal, Infernal Gateway. Gateway. Yeah. And for every point, every mortal wound it does, you get to create a new unit of clan rats with that many models, wholly within 13 of you and more than nine inches from the enemy. So it's a good way to get some extra bodies into the list. Yeah. What, I've, what I've started to do now is I've started to take the the portal in my lists now. And the portal's quite expensive as an endless spell, especially with the points hike, but it's been quite useful to be able to turn one cast that 13-inch spell at sort of like 23 inches and start bringing on some extra clan rats onto the table just so you've got uh, some more objective grabbers. Yeah, I think I think he had that at Cry Havoc, the, the portal. Yeah, um, he used to. He's dropped it now in favour of some more spells, but right. like the, the version of the list I've got doesn't have Palisades, doesn't have Vermintide, so you give up a lot to include that instead of those kind of movement blocker spells, but... So you've got a lot more choice in the list now. The way it works is you've got Skirt Leap, which allows you to teleport nine inches away. Dreaded Skirt Leap, which allows you to teleport six inches away. And then you've got ten spell casts per turn to cast your War Scroll spell. Any realm spells, but there's no realms in effect. And then you get to chuck out some endless spells as well, so you can chuck out a potential of five a turn. Um so you can either just block with those endless spells, and obviously they have effects as well. So I've found it to be quite strong, but it's not it's not point and click. It's you you often find yourself like struggling to find a win with the with the list, 
unless you play against some of the more like I've, I've only played Grisogor once when I played against you in that kind of warm-up game and you gave me turn one there wasn't yeah. really much you could have done if you'd taken turn one yourself to be honest I think that's because Grisogor is such an extreme list I find that the four vermin lords just blow it out of the water um, well we had a great game at, at Cry Havoc I mean Kev it was really really close came down to the last the end of the last turn and I, I sneaked it but it was mm. just because my general went mad and, and made a big charge and got in right okay. uh, to, to one particular objective oh, was that but the game was, that Andy was watching yeah 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 that was a that was that was a crazy game, but it was. I was impressed with the, the deceiver. He was doing a lot of heavy lifting. Deceiver's awesome. Yeah. So the deceiver's yeah. got six attacks, uh, threes and twos at full health. Rend three d three damage. Yeah. Um, how did, uh, how did Phil's, shot. Sorry, how did Phil's action list do at um, Warpath? I think he went three two, but he lost out in a very close game round one to Paul Deduca, another Skaven army. Uh, oh, Paul okay. had taken a lot more shooting that game. Would that be 2-1 then? Was it a one day? Oh, was, uh, oh it was yeah, it was day. a one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah so it would yeah. have been a 2-1. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. I forgot that was the... It wasn't your event, was it? It wasn't Lord Invasion. No, he didn't take Eshin to that. Yeah. No, I think I think the Eshin list did... It did better than I expected. He's not took it this time, has he? He's, he's, he's jump ship and... Um, he's on KO now, is he not? He KO, took KO, yeah. Yeah, he took KO to... I think he was doing all right with his KO, I believe, over in Ireland. Uh, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was it Ireland oh, or Northern Ireland? Where was this? Uh, Northern Ireland. It Northern was in Belfast. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry to interrupt there. So, so the way I I saw, uh, I think it was on Warhammer TV. I saw uh, a battle report and whether or not it was good tactics or not, I don't know. But what they seemed to do was um, just from watching it in the background uh, while I was painting or something. It seemed that they threw out a load of big base endless spells in front of the front lines of their opponents to prevent them moving, really. Then Skitter leaped across and fired things like Pendulum down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's a pretty standard tactic for the list, but that seemed to be what they did. They, As I say, they, they put things like the Palisades and stuff just right, in, right up close and in front of the the opponent's army so that they couldn't advance or get where they wanted to go yeah and then just hit them with mortal wounds um and it was like as i say it's coming down the the line and they couldn't go anywhere to get out of the way of the pendulums apart from to go back into their own territory to let the pendulum go past them and things so it can be uh, like a, you can do some pretty sneaky stuff with pendulum actually like so a lot of people are quite good at screening against deep striking shenanigans and will often think that you're gonna scatter leap your vermin lords, but in more than one game, something I've done is dreaded scatter leap, which is the six inches away, my gracier, mm-hmm. which is on a small thirty-two inch base, and then use his three dice to cast pendulum. So you roll three dice and pick the two highest uh, <clears throat> to get pendulum out, and then. More often than not, you can sneak them into places that you otherwise wouldn't be able to get because people have like left a tiny gap somewhere. So you can chuck a pendulum right down the back line of all the support heroes. And then he can cast his own Skitter Leap with his second spell to get mm-hmm. out of dodge. Because it's only cast on five, so yeah. it's quite reliable to get it off. But even if even if you lose that, then that's still a wizard in their back line that they've got to deal with somehow. Yeah. And he's only about 100 and 
40 points or something but um yeah i've done you, that more want, more than you, once you don't want d6 mortals on each of your support characters no exactly. really wouldn't like that would they and either because you're a eight drop yeah you're an eight, eight drop army so more often than not you're not going first sometimes you can be in the position of a double turn um if you lose the double turn having a pendulum in somebody's backline about to do d6 mortal wounds again to heroes it takes the yeah. sting off it a little bit as well yeah. i love i love pendulum for that it's a it's a great spell um but no it's a really um va- like, no two games are the same with the army i don't think it's particularly great like it's not an it's not a meta pick right now army wise I would say it's like a, it's definitely tier one. I'm not saying it's bad, but there's definitely much better armies out there. And like when I played the change host, it was a non-game. Like my army list was so skewed, yeah. I had no way to deal with the change host at all. Um, so it definitely has its, uh, its downsides, but it's a lot of fun. And I think it's even more fun now that there's slightly less endless spells for your opponent because it's definitely a sort of it's a mental activity trying to pin down the vermin lords because. All Skaven heroes can retreat as part of an activation. So I've done things where I dreaded Skirter Leap six inches away, charge, and then retreat onto an objective 12 inches behind the unit I charge. <laughs> um, but you can do crazy wacky things with Skaven. Um, it's cool. It's cool list. Sorry for giving good. away all your game plans, Kev. No, no, no that's Kev, what I this is all about. I probably to play the list. But, um, <laughs> Sorry, oh, he's selling it after the weekend, isn't he? Yeah, so. he's selling it. <laughs> so buy that list based on this uh, last 10 minutes. Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah. There's so lots what, of good Skaven lists. So what are the other uh, Skaven lists that are there then? Um, and how do they work that's different? So I'm looking at Ghost Arm Jones. Do we know who that is? I've oh, that's, the, that's the boy from Manchester, isn't it? It's one of, yeah, it's Neil Pickett's mate, I think. So. All right, cool. Yeah, so he's got more kind of classic Skaven list like one of the ones that we would have seen prior that is it's actually quite similar to the list that we took to six nations um with a couple of little twists so he's got a warp gnaw vermin lord which is the forge world one it's yeah. 260 oh, yeah. points it's quite cool so you can take a unit with it i believe i'm not sure if it's war scroll changed from that but uh i used to play i played oh, Ad- adams a few times adam rawson when he was playing it with Plague Monks and he would uh, pop up a unit of 40 Plague Monks with this um, Vermin Lord. I'd imagine it's changed if it's only 260 points now. Uh, 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 oh, it doesn't say. No, it just says instead of placing this, this model, you can place this model to one side, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right, okay. That makes more sense because it would have been really strong in New Skaven if you could do that. Um yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so it's just him. Yeah, I'm just reading just it myself. Him. Cool. No, it's still pretty good though. So it allows you to deep strike a, a vermin lord, and he, I think he he hits really hard as well. This one, rend to five damage. Yes, he's four Oof. attacks, threes and threes. Rend to five damage at full health, so he can chop out some pretty uh, beefy stuff with that much damage. And it's not a massive portion of your army either. And I think he's actually on the smaller base. A lot of people just have him on the 120 oval, but I think he's actually the smaller base. I could be wrong. Uh, but then he's got Thankwall and Bone Ripper, which is an awesome sort of utility piece. Can That's cast awesome spells model as well. Oh, so I, I really yeah. want one. Yeah, I, do. I don't know. I don't know like when I would use it. I've been well, really tempted to buy Thankwall and Bone Ripper and the new 
uh, Gotrek and just have the top shelf of my display cabinet, those two facing off. Um, but yeah, yeah it's not... definitely one for the cabinet. Isn't it? Yeah. Have, have you got um, Gotrek on order then? No, I've not got them on order yet. I oh, is it order on Friday? Is it going on Saturday? Is it? It'll, it'll be Saturday. It's on order. Yeah, it was right, announced okay. on Sunday, but it'll be a while before I get them. Right. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff to to get through. Two boxes of unmade and a whole bunch of other stuff. But yeah, I don't know if he's. It he doesn't say how Thanko's loaded out, but most people tend to take the four flame cannons and then just hit the crushing blows. So yeah. for those not in the know, you pick a unit within. Eight inches, I think, is the range, and you roll a dice for each model and within eight inches in that unit for each flame cannon that you have. So if you've got four flame cannons, that would be four dice for each model, and then a four plus it's a mortal wound. So on average, it's going to wipe out any single wound units, even any double wound units. I believe I don't know. If you roll thirty dice and it's a hundred and twenty wound, that's no, a sixty wound unit. You should do. 60 wins, I think. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's really good. So is that the one, just just forgive me if I'm wrong, is that the one that doesn't have a general mentioned? <laughs> yeah. Because I noticed a couple of there's them. There's no spells either, actually. No. See it. I think I there's one if... or two lists on there that are not 100%. I'm looking at it on oh. Tabletop TO, and I'm not sure if these yeah, are the different. ones that have been emailed and maybe Mark's not copied it over right, or yeah. I don't know. Well, it remains to be seen, but looking at it, I reckon that you'll have the Grey Seer on Bell will have uh, he'll be the general and he'll have Master of Magic and Death Frenzy, you can hold me to this and Thankful will have uh, Plague or Warp Gale one of the two, and the Bombardier will have more and more Warp Power because he's also got six Giselles in the list um, so more and more warp power lets you re-roll hit rolls, of, uh, hit rolls and wind rolls in the shooting phase. And you take D3 mortal wounds at the end of the turn, which is notably after Battleshock. So you don't need to take a Battleshock test for any wounds that you lose. Um, three units of 20 clan rats and 40 plague monks in that list as well. And he's got the purple sun and shards, which are also big bases and movement impacting spells. So that's a cool list. It's a bit yeah. of everything. It's quite similar to what we took to, to Six Nations. I think we had the, the Warp Seer, the Bell, Thankful, uh, Grey Seer, Clan Rats, Plague Monks, and uh, the Vortex. Kind of similar. It's a bit of everything. It's more of a mixed arms army. I'm trying to see what the good. other ones are. So that was really different to the Endless Spell Spam and uh, Teleporting Wizards. You can't teleport Thanko because he's got more than 12 wins. Uh, how many Skaven lists are there? There seem to be endless amount. John Conley mm. at the very top. Yeah, John Conley. So John Conley's got a classic list as well. I've played him a few times. So he's got Gracier. Um, and he's got uh, Gracier on Screaming Bell, which is a general with Master of Magic and Death Frenzy. And a Bombardier with more warp power, and then a Claw Lord. He's then got 20 Clan Rats, 20 Clan Rats, 40 Storm Vermin. And then he's got a Rattling Gun, a Warp Fire Thrower, six Giselles, and a Doom Wheel. So he's got a bunch of shooting, a bunch of combat, and uh, some support heroes. Notably, no Plague Monks. Thank you, John. 
I've got a bit of a complex relationship with Plague Monks. I got them built. I've played a couple of games with them, had them in combat once, and never want to play them again. <laughs> I think the only thing, the only time I'll bust them out will be for Masters this year. I don't think I can face actually playing <laughs> Plague Monks at all. <laughs> horrible, horrible models. But that's the only I ones I can see. I don't think you're allowed to use them, are you? I'm just scrolling. No, I don't, I don't think. I don't, I don't think that uh, Plague Monks are allowed at Masters. At Masters. Yeah. <laughs> if there's any place that they are allowed, it's fucking Masters. Oh, I want to see tip-top Uber filth at Masters. No, yeah. no, it's just got to be mixed, mixed alliances only. <laughs> mixed, <death>. <laughs> <laughs> mixed death, totally. I think you've been banned from Masters for a while, thanks to that, Stu. Me? Yeah, that was Masters. You took mixed death too, wasn't it? It wasn't yeah. Tempest. Oh my god. Yeah. You doing it again this year? Mixed death. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> But that's the we'll that's see. the only scaven lists. There's only three. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So so go on then. Talk us through the the um, Mr. Harper's list. Is he got the Witchfire Coven? Hasn't he? Well, that's I've what read, he has had. I've, I've read up oh, on it. It looks. So I know same, what that does. I think he's, he's he's kept the same list for the last few events. He's been to so. It's probably because uh, JP hasn't been able to paint <laughs> else up for him. Yep. How far up the list is he? I can't see him. I'm scrolling down here. Actually. I'm near the bottom. Hang on, hang on. Oh, there he is. I found him. He's just below uh, Adam Martin. John Harper. Allegiant. Oh, I can't speak. Christ. Allegiance. Zinch. Lord of Change. Magical Supremacy. Ignax Scales. Bolt of Change. Gaunt Summoner with uh, Treacherous Bond and the Soul Draft Artifact. I don't know what that Soul does. Draft. I guess. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Zagra Shaman, Fold Reality, uh, Cursling with Shield of Fate, 10 Acolytes, 10 Acolytes, 20 Zangors, 9 Enlightened on Disc, Witchfire Coven, and Maelstrom for 1990. It's a cool list. He's been using it for a while now, and yeah, he's I'll definitely getting better with it. Yeah. So it's tell nasty. us how it works and how you it's beat nice. it. Come on. <laughs> well, the way that I beat it last time is there was uh, we were playing Scorched Earth, so that's the one where you can burn your opponent's objectives, and you've got two in your back line and two on the deployment line, and John being John just deployed all his army on his deployment line <laughs> and left no money, no models to capture his uh, his backfield objectives. So was behind on score right away, and then I just teleported behind him and burned them both. But <laughs> you're a bad man. You can't do that to John. Yeah, you can. It's the only person that lets you do it. <laughs> um. So, classic Lord to Change General, Magical Supremacy. I'm pretty sure is 42 in range Undined. So, don't bet or rely on getting spells off. At least two of them, anyway. I don't need spells. Cool. So you don't have pinions. I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, that's good. Um, Ignac Scales gives him a mortal wound save. It's not really massive against you, is it? You don't really no, have I don't do mortal wounds. No, no. And then he's got the Bolt of Zinch <laughs> as the spell, so that Lord of Change can kick out the um, Infernal Gateway and Bolt of Zinch. So, on average, 12 mortal, uh, 9 mortal wounds. 9 or 10. I don't like mortal wounds. Nobody does. Uh, Gaunt Summoner, Treacherous Bond is you pick a Zinch unit within I don't know, nine inches probably because it's Zinch 
uh, and then any time a wound is allocated to the model that cast it, you get to offset it to that unit on a two plus, I think. So it basically makes his uh, Gaunt Summoner a lot tankier. Uh, Zangor Shaman with Fold Reality, that's the one that lets him reality blink his uh, models back. He's then got the Cursling, which is the one that if he successfully unbinds a spell with the Cursling, he gets cast to immediately it, cast it. Yeah. yeah. If he successfully unbinds an endless spell, don't let him borrow one of your spells if you've got it to cast it because he still needs to have paid the points for it. So you no, can do it with I've Maelstrom. Not got endless spells, I'm all right. He was looking for about five minutes for a uh, Palisade when we last played, and <laughs> I waited till he got the model off of Lee before I told him he couldn't actually put it on the table. <laughs> no, um, um, I, I want to see. I, I fully expect him when uh, he dispels Van Hells to then immediately cast it on one of my units for me. Who would? Who would uh... <laughs> Um, the Cursling also has the Shield of Fate, so that's the, I believe the Shield of Fate's the fuck-off shield, the one that's, like, really, really annoying for the saves. So it's, you you add two to any save rolls that you make, but you must re-roll successful save rolls. Is that not paradoxical? Uh, well, I don't know. I, I'm not an expert in Zinch, but I, I don't Did they not change the name of it? In oh, the maybe FAQ? they did. I'm they not did. sure. Maybe they did. Uh, so... Zinch mortal heroes can get paradoxical shield in the battle tome, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, the only two shields are paradoxical shield and spiteful shield, so I think they changed the name of one of them. Fair enough. I'll bow to your knowledge. I know nothing. <laughs> Just double check. <laughs> yeah, they must. They must have changed the name of it. But it, I'm pretty sure it's that same one where you have to reroll all your successful save rolls. After rerolls, you add two to the result. So, um. If he's in cover, I'm pretty sure he's got a four-up save anyway, so it'd be a three-up save. And then he gets to re-roll all successful saves, but add two to it, so it could be like a one-up save. Um, the soul draft, by the way, is once per battle. You can roll three dice for a casting or unbinding attempt. Uh, so it's just more battle, uh, more... Um, in fact, actually, it's until the end of the phase, roll three dice. So he can do it for two unbinds or two casting. 10 Acolytes, 10 Acolytes, 20 Zangor, 9 Enlightened, and then it's the Witchfire Coven, which is the thing that lets him shoot his Acolytes in the combat. In the, in the hero phase. Yeah, hero phase, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so his Acolytes, um, he's got the two tens and the Zangors, I think, make up the Coven. Yep. So it's still quite a few drops then, isn't it? Uh, yes, I believe when we played he was five or six. It's yeah. like six, yeah. If it's just those three, it's, it'll be six drops. Yeah. Four characters. Mm-hmm. And the enlightened. So, oh. sounds good. I'll tell you in a minute, John, how to how to beat uh, me. <laughs> Just edit a, a, a crucial sentence out when you come back to it. That's... Are you there on the Friday night? <coughs> me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get there on the Friday night, John, and then I think you'll have a much better chance of beating them on the Saturday. <laughs> well, we could just play on the Friday and then have a lion on the Saturday. You should do that. I think he'd be up for that. Yeah. Well, no. I'm just looking for your list now, Stu. I'm going to go through mine, don't worry. You're Legion of Night, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to tell people how to beat me. Are you doing it now? Uh, Well, no, I I don't know. Is is there any list you want to pick out and talk talk through? 
Yeah. I mean, there's quite a few in. Yeah, there's quite a few in there yeah. that I was going to go on, but I think I'm just going to give an in-depth one on me, not to tell people how good it is, but just well, to tell people how to beat me. I've got so, a really good one, but yeah, you can. I've got one I just talked about as well. One, talk through yours first, because we'll uh, um, we'll go through ours at the end, maybe, because we're taking. I'm taking the same thing to King in the North, so it's going right. to help our uh, Scandinavian brethren as well. Cool. Well, my outside pick for the events, JP. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think his list's uh, pretty tricksy. And a similar list just won the Element Games Grand Slam. Tom Mosley's Legion of Grief was uh, quite similar to it, I think. It same sort of uh, power units. But it's got the Dreadblade Harrow General. So you can put that model anywhere on the table. Um, so you can like put it in the back corner of the table. And as long as there's no models within three inches of it at the start of your movement phase or in your hero phase, I think, you get to teleport it anywhere on the table nine inches away. So for Legion of Grief, they've got grave sites the exact same as uh, Legions of the Gash. So that can be really powerful if you want to resurrect dead units, being able to teleport anywhere on the table and get to those grave sites. Um, and then he's got the Aether Quartz brooch as well. So he gets can you to... take Can you take units with you? Is that something it can do? or? So you used to be... Well, you can do that in Night Hunt. So oh, night, Night Hunt. All, okay. all Night Hunt generals get a command ability that lets you relocate a unit. So that is a oh, common see, combo. Okay. Yeah, 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 so you would teleport him, then you would relocate one of your units. But you can stick something in the ground and teleport into a gravesite and then pop it up from the yep. gravesite after you've uh, teleported with a, him. With a hero next to it, yep. yep. Yeah. Um, so a little bit more restrictive than the Night Hunt, but you don't need to spend a command point for it. Uh, Night Shrouds on Ethereal Steeds, Spirit of Torment, uh, Necromancer, Raikonor, and the Tomb Banshee, 30 Chain Rasps, 5 Direwolves, 5 Direwolves, 20 Blade Geists, which are the ones that can retreat and charge, get an extra attack on the charge. 10 Black Knights, so a bit of speed. They're not too bad on the charge as well, too damage. But then 12 Mermon ban- Banshees. So that's only 210 points for the Banshees, but if they get to unbind an endless spell, or if they get to unbind a spell or something, like basically eat the spell and they get stronger, they do more damage in combat. And he's got a couple of endless spells. He's got the Horror Ghast and the Ravnix Gnashing Jaws, which are both bravery debuffs. So I think there's a way that you can like do a bit of a bravery bomb. I believe one of the spells does damage based on how many points of bravery you exceed the opponent. So you've got a Horror Ghast that debuffs bravery, Gnashing Jaws debuffs bravery. And uh, then you can cast that spell to blow somebody up. But no, it's a, it's a cool list. It's a lot of wounds, and you get to bring dead units back. Again, it's not a tier S army, but in the right hands. And there's a lot of people that won't know how to play against it because people haven't really even been playing Legions of Nagash up in their meta. Yeah, it's, I've not seen uh, a Legions of Grief army before on the table. I'm definitely going to buy a Legion of Griefs and see when that uh, Mortal realms magazine comes out i'm gonna buy a bunch of those 299 magazines to get some <laughs> chain, chain rasps and uh maybe put something together because it looks like a lot of fun it's definitely not crazy crazy strong you need to think a lot about it yeah. like i took a lot away from face hammers most recent um episode talking about uh, like listening to 
James Tinsdale and the guy's talking about how much you can get from not taking cutting edge S tier metalists that somebody else has built. Take something that you know is a little bit weaker and play for it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Six Nations next year as well as this year isn't a hundred percent rankings based, I think that uh, yeah. I'd probably get a lot more from it than just uh, chasing the meta and picking. Like obviously you need to keep in keep up to date with the meta, but I think I could get a lot more from just uh, picking something that's good but not OP. Yeah. But no, I think that's a cool list to to look out for. I'm sure if you speak to JP on the weekend, he'll tell you a bit more about it because I've only been looking at it. I've not never actually played against it, but I've kind of got an idea of how it works. Like I, I believe that Vassal of the Craven King, the General's Command trait, is the exact same as Aether Corp's Brooch. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, so I believe the way it works is when he spends a command point, he rolls two dice and a five plus gets one back. Mm, Googling, and, Googling, yeah. Googling. Um, you the, get command points back after. Yeah, it looks, sounds like it. You're right, actually. Yeah. And the Knight of Shrouds lets you add plus one to the attack. I want to say it's plus one to attack. It's the ethereal steed one he's got. But you can buff a lot of your units when they go in to make them even stronger when they fight, which is really good on the Banshees and the Blade Geists. And the fact you're getting multiple command points back every time you spend one. And. You need the command points so, to resurrect units as well. Is the, is the way it's worded, do you think that you spend a command point and can potentially get two back? Or well, you just got two chances of getting the one back? I believe the way it's being played is that you roll a dice for each ability, and if you roll two five-ups, you would get a command point back for each of those abilities. <laughs> right. I believe, because uh. it doesn't say in either of the abilities you get that command point back, does it? Sure. I don't think, but... Um, like, yeah, I like so. the penumbral engine often finds its way yeah. into the oh, yeah. region of grief because there's a way yeah, to get a command point at the start of each turn and then commanding can give you an extra command point as well you need a lot of command points with the list because you're resurrecting dead units and you're buffing all your units when they charge in uh, command ability on the yeah pick a friendly night hunt unit wholly within 18 add one to the attack characteristic of the unit's, mel- unit's melee weapons in that combat phase so the shrouds, you, yeah, yeah. You can uh, be buffing up, like even those chain rasps. If you buff them up, they can do a lot of damage. In fact, I think the banshee might actually be part of that bravery bomb as well. I've got a funny feeling the banshee has a bravery based uh, shooting attack. Yeah, she does. Yeah, it's two d six, and then the difference between the the bravery and the roll is mortal wounds. There you go. Yeah, I think uh, Legion of Grief got the same thing from Night Hunt. That if you're in range of any, if you're within a certain range of any of the units, you're minus one bravery as well. Could be wrong, yeah. but night. And if you've got part. any anything with a death stand, uh, battle standard, I don't know if they've got anything actually. But mm-hmm. that's another the minus black one. Black knights, maybe. I don't know if the black, black knights, knights do. Yeah. yeah. If you've got a banner in the black knights, that's another minus one. So, um, yeah, is there any more ghasts in there? They're another minus one. No, he doesn't have no. any more ghasts, but he's got the horror gas spell, mm. which I think is minus three if it's okay. within three inches. And, and then Ravnik's uh, Nation Jaws, another one. Yeah. Yeah, it's plenty there. So that's it. So there's a lot a of combos, but it's playing lists like that where you're going to get really good at Warhammer. Yeah. <laughs> like that's uh, my favorite from listening to Facehammer. If you play lists that have 
loads of things that make something work rather than just charge something in and it fights twice and then fights when it dies. No offense to JP or Scott, but <laughs> like listening to um Byron talk about playing like he's been playing Cun and Ruck since I think February, maybe even earlier when he went over to America. Like that must be mind numbing. Yeah, yeah. Like so extreme and it only does one thing. Uh, you would get pretty bad at the game pretty quick. You get good at doing one thing, which is what you need for Six Nations and ETC, I guess. But um, yeah, I think uh, JP's doing what I want to do for the rest of the year and next year, play something a little wacky. that Work on your core skills. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. But, uh, the horror ghast is minus one bravery within 12 or minus two within six. Minus two. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's, that's crazy. It's, it's like there's, there's no... There's no Three hundred point model in there. There's, there's okay. They're, they're squishier, but there's lots of them. You know, there's there's lots of targets. There's anything other than the heroes comes back for a command point as well. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's, I'll be, interesting. Uh, it's worth looking at the breakdown. Actually, I was just looking there at, um, at what we've got. So we've got ten chaos, um, seven death, four destruction, and then thirteen order. Is the uh, is 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 what we've got going? So. Um, destruction's dwindling a little bit, but but death's getting closer to chaos there. Um, See the resurgence. Yeah, the cows are back. Yeah, the cows are back. It's just because I'm not there. He, he felt as if that he could take his cows again. Andrew's there, <laughs> yeah. isn't he? Yeah, yeah he is. Um, the, the war Coward, not there though. No, um, but he's, it's he's, the he's... Baron Guard, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's such, a, such a list. Uh, congratulations again to Ian for bringing. One of the best lists in Where the. Uh... Let's, let's read it out. Let's find it. Da, 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 da. Ian Hunter. What would here his outfit be? Do you think he'll be in cosplay this weekend? <laughs> I hope that everybody that wears outfits for the competition wears them on Sunday because I want to see everybody in their outfits. Go, Ian no, Hunter. Sunday they're not wearing them. <clears throat> That's crap. Ian Hunter, Alliance Ever Chosen, Archeon General. Battle line, three Varangard with a social weapon, three Varangard with a social weapon, three Varangard, three Varangard, three Varangard, 1960. Command point zero, done. 12 Varangard and Archeon's <laughs> 2,000 points. Brilliant. <laughs> 95 wounds. Still not bad wounds, considering it's only seven units. He's working oh. on his core skills, so. Yeah. I suppose the spell casting, there's no shooting, but yeah. Yeah. If he wins a game all weekend, I'll be surprised. (laughs) Right, I've got a list I'll talk about, only because I played against it on Sunday, so I can talk about it. I had no idea what it did before then. And that is John Craig's Devoted of Sigmar. Uh, Here we go, just found it. It's a gigantic picture in the list, unfortunately, but here we go. So, this is... uh, and this was, I think, probably unchanged from when he did rather well at um, Warpath, was it? Or he, he came like third. Uh, so he has War Altar of Sigmar is the general. With so it's, it's a, an Order Allegiance army from Akshi. Uh, it's got Master Defense Commandry, which I think must be the Order, the Order thing. Uh, another War Altar of Sigmar with Ignax scales. Uh, he's got two warrior priests that are on horses. Uh, they've got Sigmarite shields, which is the important bit. Actually, that's an ability, isn't it? He's got Knight and Cantor as an ally, um, 3 times 40 flagellants, so 120 flagellants, and 5 evocators also as allies. 
and he has a couple of endless spells, Dace Arcana, Celestian Vortex, which I've never seen or <laughs> on the table before, and it actually didn't get cast against me, so I still have no, no idea what it does, and Quicksilver Swords, which I didn't see on the table. So that's 1980. Um, loads of wounds, 177 wounds, uh, there's no formation, so it's, it's high drop. It's 10 drops, something like that. Um, and it's just, it, it's it's quite tricksy. I don't know if you've played against it, uh, any of you guys, or, or seen it in action before, or, or, or knew what it did. I've not played against it, but I've definitely studied it a bit. Yeah. Because um, he was fairly confident in the Chaos matchup. I think that's one of the main reasons why he's got those swords. The fact is, war rollers can do. I think it's flat six damage they do against chaos or something. Isn't yeah, it? so it's, they've got yeah. a shooting attack. It's better against chaos. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but the, the the sort of tricksy bit of it that's uh, really interesting when you're playing it is the the prayers. So there's, there's the two war altars. Um, I've got prayers, and they give so the ones he's 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 targeting is plus one to charge and plus one to hit. I think, um, and you can stack them. And from the priests, it's a six-up kind of save, death save almost, you know, mortal wound save. Um, well, flat save, basically. So, again, you can stack them. And the war altars have got an additional ability where they will, again, offer that six-up save, not as a prayer, but if somebody within range has that ability. So if he keeps it all tightly bubbled, he can... And what he did against me... Uh, He's putting four prayers onto like one unit of forty flagellants, so they've got a six up, six up, six up, six up, um, and it's just a uh, just mental. <laughs> and then whenever any of them flee, yeah, they do mortal wounds as well because they're relatively low bravery, aren't they? But also when you fight them, because you're gonna have to fight them. There's, there's three blocks of forty coming at you. You need, you need, you know, they, they're, they're strong objective holders. They, um, if you kill one, they get plus one attack. The end of, till the end of that turn. If you kill, I think five or more, they get plus two attacks. So you're caught up in this kind of zinch paradox where you need to kill them, and they may have a four times six plus up save on them, or, or they may not, or they might have two and two if there's two units nearby. So you try to kill them, and if you do kill them, you're probably not going to kill all forty of them in one go unless you're a big crystal gore dragon, and you're buffing them by killing them. If you kill them, if they've got the six up save, so it's like a weird kind of mind mess, and you're trying to activate things as well, so that like you obviously want him to fight you before you fight him, so you don't kill them and buff them. So it was a it was a nice little uh, kind of thoughtful mm-hmm. thoughtful aspect to it as well. Um, it was uh, as it turns out against me, it wasn't a very good matchup, I don't think, and especially in the mission. Because he was, it's, it was the the new battle for the past we played, and it was the kind of triangle deployment you've got, where the the tip of the triangles at, at the top, you know. So you're, so it's not, it's not good for him. He's he's kind of mashed into that triangle. <coughs> he, he wants to be, I think, a bit more further up and spread out, and he's quite it's quite slow. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm the opposite. I don't care. I was in my triangle, and I just burst out with my flares and blister skin. So it kind of suited me for that aspect. But it's I can see why it's a nasty list, and it's and it can catch folk out. Um, it's uh, yeah, quite good fun, and, and you've got the encounter in there for. So what he's doing with the encounter, <clears throat> what he did first was he's uh, he's bursting the little uh, vials, you know, the the ability for the encounter, causing wounds on the yeah on the flagellants to buff them up as as he's sending them in, sort of thing. So 
It's uh, there's, there's some little nice tricks to it. And oh, he said, I, uh, "Sorry, you go." No, I was just saying. He said there was a way to get even more saves layered on it. And I, I, I can't even think what that was. I think that maybe it's another option you can put you can put in the list or something to get even even more, more saves. Priests. It wasn't that. It was something more clever. There was anyway. John can tell you about it, but it was uh, yeah. The thing that I really like about the flagellants, reckless abandon, because I spoke to Ross Joyce a fair amount earlier on in the year. Cause, well, even last year, he was talking about doing the flagellant list, and um, whenever any of them flee, you get to pick a unit within six inches of the flagellants, and then a four up, you do a mortal wound. So it's not just the unit you're in combat with. Like six inches is a decent yeah, range yeah. of the big block of models. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's quite cool. Yeah, so uh, yeah, Trixie list. I'm sure it'll, it'll it'll do something at the weekend. John knows what he's doing with it now as well. He's played quite a lot of games with it, I think. So. <laughs> and it's the last time he'll get to play it. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Not that I take great joy in that, John. But <laughs> yeah, new books are coming. Yeah, I wonder what will happen to it. I wonder what happened to those uh, options. Hopefully, but... hopefully it gets fucked. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bad man, uh, poor John. I think uh, he was brave to paint all that up. Well, we were we were playing in Rapes metal as well, actually. So his his quicksilver swords were rolling fifteen dice. There's another way to get six up, realm of metal command ability. Uh, it wasn't that, but it was something tricky. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> now, there's quite a lot of interesting lists there. There's some very strong ones, and there's some very good players actually. I look down the list, and there's, you know, it's quite a strong field, and they're they're not taking walkover lists. No, uh, so it should be it should be a good event. I think. Has Andy Curry not made it? No, he's not. No. That's a shame. Yeah, but Jamie's yeah. there with his fire slayers, his thirty yeah. hearth guards, so he'll do. He'll, he'll do, do well. well. Yeah. I think that at the very least he'll get a four-one. Yeah, it's not going to be easy to get through them fire slayers, is it? No, so what's no. what's the what's the hearth guards? Um, so they've got sixty wounds in that unit, and yep. so what's the what's the saves they're going to have? For those that don't know. Right, so they've got a, I believe it is still a five up save on the the war scroll. Just mm. double checking. Yes, yeah, so they've got five up slave, five up slave, five <laughs> up save. Um, they've got a banner that if they're wholly within, I want to say twelve. All the ranges are different. Some of them are twelve, some of them are ten. But if they're wholly within twelve, they get to add plus one to that save. And then I think that there's another two ways to buff the save one of them is once per game so the banner is that banner on a character yeah i'm just gonna open the book because i don't want to get it wrong but yeah there's a there's a couple of different ways for them to buff their saves i believe on average they're they're gonna they're gonna always have because he the way the list works he it's needs to be in range of those heroes yeah he's, he's gonna have a four plus save on the unit almost every single time that you want to engage it and I think there, there's a way for him to rather reliably get a three plus. Uh, let's have a look. Is there not a reroll ones in there somewhere? And then they well, they can a mortal wound after it or something. And the mortal wound save after it. So, yeah. yeah, they can they can pop the the forge once per game to give the full table reroll ones to save. I That's think. what it is. That's um, what it is. So the rune the battlesmith is if this mod so. Icon of Grimnir. In your hero phase, you can say that this model is raising the icon. If it does so, add one to the save rolls. 
uh, for attacks that target friendly fire slayers units wholly within 12 of this model until the start of your next hero phase. However, if you do this until the start of your next hero phase, friendly fire slayers units wholly within 12 of this model cannot retreat. So, yeah, that's that's the one that it gets to do where you you basically just cannot. Yeah, that's it. So you cannot retreat if he pops that. That's wholly within 12. The other one's a prayer. So they've got a prayer that they can pick for each of their priests. And one of them is uh, just plus one save, I think. Which, which so, yeah. you can't stop. Well, you can't stop it. I think it's on a four plus, And if he stokes the forge, it's a three plus. Mm. I don't think it's as reliable as a two plus. Let's have a look. In fact, I think the plus one to save might actually start off in a four plus. Uh, Prayer of Grimnir's Fury is not that one. Prayer of Ash. Yeah, it's a four plus on a one to three. The prayer is not answered, so I think you can get to a three plus. So sixty six percent chance of getting plus uh, two to your save, because you just give the same prayer. You give that prayer to the the guy that's got the banner to give them plus one to save. I guess you could split it up for redundancy. I'm not sure what he's done. Um, you can give a unit run in charge with a prayer as well, so that kind of fixes the. Um, the movement issues that they suffer with. And then you've got the Nulsidian icon, which is an artifact that on a 4 plus you ignore the effects of a spell. I think the range is like units within 6 or something like that. I don't, I don't think it's especially huge. Um, that's, that's pretty good. Basically nullifies a lot of magic armies. Like, I would need to just block people's movement, like block their movement, because there's no point trying to do damage with spells. If they're getting to ignore every single one of them on a four plus. Yeah. So Andy played with twenty at the weekend. He's he's run twenty the last couple of games, I think. Mm-hmm. And when I played him, he did twenty. I I ignored it, but he played Liam, and Liam could tell the story much better. I just heard a little bit from Andy, but Liam was playing with his daughters versus Andy's fire slayers, and uh, it's Liam's list that he's got in here, which is the you know um, sisters of slaughter big blocks. And he got the sisters in, and he said, and he, he killed 14 of the Hearthguard. So he, he must have been super, super duper buffed up. I don't know quite what he had on it and what he, quite how it went down. But to kill 14 of them is bloody impressive. That's the most I've heard in one go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wonder if he might have uh, not had Big Marathi so that he could have cast two spells, depending on the realm. I don't know what realms were in play. Maybe Realm uh, of Fire? I don't know. Could, it could have. Um, could have been, but yeah. Could have I'd been. imagine with Inferno Blades and then they've got a way to have higher bravery potentially to get plus two, uh, plus one to the damage. Well, I think the spell gives you plus one damage anyway, or as it gives you rend. I'm not sure. But yeah, turn three onwards, or turn two onwards, I think Daughters of Cain just do an insane amount of damage. And the fact that he can pile in from six inches away means that he can like get around um, the Hearthguard ability to pile in at the start of the combat phase for a command point. Oh yeah, okay. So you can hit them before they hit him. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think oh. having a unit of twenty as well is maybe because I'd, I'd imagine that if he killed fourteen out of the unit of thirty, the remaining fourteen would just kill the entire world of that Dorzakane army, or the remaining sixteen. Rather. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, I think that thirty is really hard to to deal with. I played against thirty once. I played against Andy the night before we left for Six Nations, but I was playing with Deacon, 
and I couldn't engage the block of 30. But you can do some pretty interesting things like that block of 30 is their army, so they're going to want that to be covering as much of the board as possible. Um, put units like sort of five inches away from the unit so that, or uh, like five and a bit inches away so that when they pile in, they can't reach you. Mm-hmm. But then okay. if you charge one end of it, then if they want to pile in, they're going to have multiple points around that unit that their closest model is going to be in various directions. And you yep, can kind of yep. strangle the unit. Um, like when I played with uh, the eels, they're obviously ridiculously fast. You can just kind of dance around them a little bit. Um, but it's still really hard if that unit catches you and you get double turned, it's game over. But, uh, yeah, I think that's the only way that you can really play around it. Just kind of try and strangle it where you can. Or if you've got endless spells, just get in the way. Um, when he, If he spreads out too thin and you've got a way to remove a single model remove that single model and make him lose some from Battleshock. They're really vulnerable to that. Uh, yeah, that's the only way that you can... You, you need to play around it. Don't think that you can kill Take it on. Yeah. 20 of them inside of a turn. There's ways that you can do it, but the chances of it are too few. Just, uh, just try and choke it out. Sounds good. <clears throat> yeah, so there's quite a lot of uh, strong things there. How long have we got you for, Nathan? Uh, I can stay for another sort of ten minutes, and then I've got to return to my fatherly duties. So, so is there anything uh, before we go on to mine and Scott's list? Then, why don't we hear your, your uh, predictions for the top three? Cool. Well, I'd be daft if I didn't pick uh, Lee because he's just been on really good form. Uh, Liam as well with his daughters of Cain. So Lee with his Slanesh. Liam with his Daughters of Cain army, with his uh, Sisters of Slaughter. And I really think JP's got a bit of an outside chance because he's a good player. He doesn't bow down to anyone at the table. And he's going to know what his army does more than anybody else at the table as well. I think people like Lee and Liam and stuff can figure, figure that out pretty quickly at the table. But JP's a really good player. So that would be my three for the win, but obviously a bunch of them are going to meet each other in round four and get knocked out of the podium. So outside chance, I think we could see... I really want to say Kev. I think uh, this is Kev's time for a 4-0. A four, a four, four um, oh, yeah, but I mean, like I think he could go four in a row before losing right. the game. Yeah. All right, okay. So, Who's he got first? I don't know. This is where I find he's playing Lee. Uh Let's have a look. I actually think the four Vermilords might not be too bad against Lee. I don't know if he's played it yet. Where's the draw? Is it on TTO? Yeah, it's just in round You just click on the round one bit. Mm, rounds. Adam Rossen. Yeah, so 4 four oh. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Oh. What, what's Adam playing? Is he on this Night Hunt still? He's on Night Hunt. He's got a Linda. He's got the fake Mortark. Well, I played Adam. I played Adam round one at Northern Invasion, so he knows what to do against the Vermin Lords now. Hopefully, yeah. So, but yeah, but... No, I think uh, I think Kev could do well. No, that's good. Yeah. So, um, talking of the uh, fake Mortarks, we've had a, an announcement of a fifth Mortark. Um, what What are your yes. views? Is it a real Mortark? Do My like screensaver is this Mortark. The pigeon-headed guy with him. The pigeon-headed guy's cool, but just that... Oh. 
I'm going to make him into a character of his own right. He's going to become a necromancer, that pigeon-headed guy. Is he? <laughs> yeah, definitely. He's, he's going to be like a, a general for one of my armies. Uh, the Bone Reapers are a bit of me. I, yeah. I love elite armies, and elite death was one of my favourite things that I did last year. I'm hoping we get some sort of like uh, some enrichment of the Morgasts. Because mm. I love the Morgasts, uh, and I, I always I always use mine. And uh, I think if they go in there as the elite of the elite army, it'd be nice to get some more flavours or something. Well, the Morgasts have been confirmed as being in it. There was a lot of talk a while ago. Like, I think people were saying that the the new elite-looking skeletons were on 25 still. They're definitely oh, right. on 32s. It's yeah. just kind of not leaked its way onto the internet yet, but apparently they're definitely on 32 mil bases. So I'm holding out for two wound infantry mm-hmm. because they're, they're infused with multiple souls. Yeah, we were um, saying that earlier. It's oh. even better than like you've got the grave garden things, which, yeah, you can yep. get away with one unit, uh, one wound, and they're elite, but they're not crazy elite. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this would be nice. And I've got a funny feeling that they're going to be prayers as well as opposed to spells mm-hmm. which could be quite interesting and there's rumours that Nagash can be used in the book and if you look at Nagash's war scroll he's got the priest keyword so uh, that could he? be cool yes. uh, interesting. Yeah, I think that could be really cool if there's prayers and stuff and the the way that the the general like that, the new Mortark looks the fact that he's got his kind of uh, bodyguard with him and he looks in a very static pose I'm wondering if it's going to be like a kind of slow-paced kind of march across the table methodically kind of piece. I'm wondering if it's going to be like Necrons where they can reanimate as opposed to returning dead units from the grave because they're like... Constructs. Constructs, yeah. yeah. It's, it just sounds really... It seems like a really cool concept to me and it annoys me everybody talking about replacing the the heads with the skeleton kit. You know, let's get the we all want we all want the death mask of Ainsley Harriet on all of our elite troops. <laughs> I just love them. I, I think the I think masks they're... are insane. I think yeah. they remind me of the um, in the three hundred. You know the yeah. the immortals. Yeah. Um, the samurai guy is cool as well. Apparently, we've not seen all the new models yet as well. So I'm looking forward to it, and I th- I'm mm. thinking that it's going to add another dimension to my mixed death list for masters. <laughs> so if I, if I if I take if I'm going to take. 500 points from each from each death book, I'm thinking. I'll take some Flesh Eaters, some Night Haunts, some uh, Legions, and now some um, Bone Reapers. Yeah. I think, uh, so I think that's Mortark, uh, well-balanced. Uh, is this Mortark a fake Mortark? In your I don't eyes? know yet. I'm going to read his scroll, and then I'll tell you. I want to read his background and his scroll. If he's got less than 11 wounds, he's definitely fake. He looks huge. Like he does. His body actually looks, it looks like an avatar. How do you think that people like you're talking about Necrons, but I mean that to me like it's just a a, a conversion opportunity for a shard of a something or other yeah. as well, or or whatever they used to be called. They're Necron things, aren't they? Mm, that people yeah. used to convert into um, Mongols. Yeah, you could just see him being uh, converted into some. Yeah, uh, it's not. It's not the first time that we've had. Uh, models that have two forms as well so yeah. while he looks very static in that i don't know mm. i think that's a little bit i think that's a little bit out yeah, there right. for him to have like marathi-esque kind of 
it, he loses his bodyguard a little bit. Like maybe they become separate models. I don't know. It, did, it definitely didn't look like it. But maybe that cool. Yeah. Is, is, is a steed comes along to make him a true <laughs> <Yeah>. mortar? <mark? laughs> huge on a steed. Yeah. Nah, I think, I'm uh, looking forward to it. I've I got that so. money tucked away for it. <laughs> I'll probably buy it and sell it a month later. on me, but nah, I just I, don't I, like the paint yeah. scheme. I was saying that earlier, and I don't like his. It's it's a bit slaneshy. He he looks a bit like a fulgrim. You know, he looks a little bit like mm-hmm. a. I, I can see a bit him pale for me. I could. Yeah. I like the black armor, skin. Like yeah. I would maybe doing really yeah. dark, and I'm looking forward to getting Incubi Darkness out again because I loved painting Minigash with uh, Incubi up to Cyberite Green. Like yeah. that's my favorite sort of colors in the range. So, uh, looks it looks really good. It gets my seal of approval. I like it. Oh, that's good. Right. Well, have you anything else to to add before you go back to to changing nappies of, of, uh, <laughs> of youth, babies, infants? Uh, no. Uh, good luck to everybody at Onslaught, and good luck to you guys at King in the North. I don't think we will get together again before you go. It's a couple of weeks, isn't it? Well, we're gonna get together. Um, if you can make it, that'll be good. We'll mm-hmm. give you the yeah. date. We're, we're going to do something that's a wrap-up of this, and then we're going to look at the pack and stuff for uh, King in the North. Maybe make it a short episode, but um, it'd be good to look through their lists and have a look at the Scandinavian meta as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, well, as soon as that happens, just let me know. Um, okay. I should be able to steal a wee hour here and there. <laughs> but yeah, no, no I'm coming through on Sunday, so I'll see you on Sunday. It's true. Cracking. See you then. All right, catch you later, guys. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. So there you go. There we have it. So I suppose it's on to our lists then. Um, mm. So I shall jump me to. I'm going to walk over here actually. Um, I have a. I've unf- I was telling you before. I've unfurled for the very first time the um, the cable. I, it's become it's, <laughs> it's at its longest, so I can now pace. And um, I've I've got for the first time. I'm I'm downstairs in this in this abode, and I'm looking after a dog that's got some kind of problem with its guts it makes a lot of smell um and anyway i'm work, working my way over here um t- t- to just grab a glass but on an unrelated note sorry th- th- there's a method to this so my sister does blogs and things and she i don't know she makes a living from doing adverts and she's on the radio and she was telling me about the new um the rules for if you if you're doing a review of a product or something that you have to hashtag ad or advert or something now so she has to do all this so you, apparently you have to use the phrase hashtag ad before you do anything that could possibly be giving somebody a view on a, a product that that isn't 100 neutral but on an unrelated note um i've acquired some lone wolf gin by <laughs> <laughs> brew dog distilling who, company who makes that Stuart. it's it's brew dog distilling company now um, I've, I've, I'm looking after a friend's house and his hound, as I say, and in the cupboard there's a special bottle of Lone Wolf Gin. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's open, so I'm sure they won't mind. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna have some, and I've been, it's been suggested to have it with some ginger ale. Now I've never drunk gin before, so I'm about, no, it's not something that I've ever done. What do you like gin? Well, apart from when I was a very small youth. And I made the horrible mistake of being at a party where there was no, um, there was no, I don't know, nothing good to drink. And so all we had was really cheap wine and gin. 
So we we poured half a pint of gin and half a pint of wine each into pint pots <laughs> and then drank them. And I was ever so poorly. <laughs> we went on to a nightclub and um I half it. I half remember um the um the doorman breaking down the cubicle door to the <laughs> toilet and showing me the way out of the um the club. Um a club which I later worked in for seven years. <laughs> the circle completes itself. But anyway, I'm just finishing what's in my glass. I'm gonna pour this and then go into my so, uh, my army. So it was my birthday uh last week and my Lovely fiance uh, got me a present, which was brew dog gin. Brew dog gin. But it was a different. It was I'd even heard of this before. It's called Zealot's Heart. Oh, and it's got a cool picture of it, like a kind of, uh, kind of well, a heart. But if you can imagine the kind, <laughs> the kind Zealot's of uh, heart. yeah, kind of, it looks like a sort of medical illustration of a heart. Anyway, so it, it's cool. It's cool. It's nice. We had some other weekend. So yeah, Un- unrelated. Uh, brew dog business there. Yeah, no, I've just I, a... I've just opened a beer. There we go, okay. and it's not it's not brew dog. So there you go. See, we are uh, we're not we're not owned by one corporation. No, no, we we um we we're always but... take gifts from all. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was again perusing the fridge in this establishment that I'm um currently house sitting, and um there's a a fridge there's a shelf full of um beers from the west brewery which i believe is from your neck of the woods yeah, as well yeah very nice very nice yeah i'm, I'm partial so, to a few of them so the uh that's the uh, what's it called the uh oh i've gone blank now it's like in an right? old carpet warehouse is it yeah it's, it's just oh, off glasgow cool. green it's just uh it's it's it's, it's uh yeah, they've just sort of reclaimed the building and they've, they've got a big there's a big bar in there as well you can have, you can have food there as well but there's quite a few beers that they make there as well now. So. Yeah, it looks good. Anyway, I will give a seal of approval there to people that are, have never drunk gin that ginger ale with lone wolf gin from the Brewdog Distilling Company, <laughs> hashtag ad, is, um, is, is very nice with some ginger ale. Anyway, enough of such frivolity. And on to my list. So... Um, this is, uh, I'm, I'm going to go through this just because we go through other people's lists and it's only fair that I, I tell people how mine works and how to beat it. And also because if I tell John absolutely everything about my list and how to beat it, if he then fails, <laughs> um, the shame will be great. Yeah. So no, it's a, it's a leg- legions of Nagash. So, uh, for those that don't know. I'm sure that most people do, but we do have some some newer listeners. Um, Legions of Nagash is uh, Nagash is the god of undeath in in our fine game, and so these are his is uh, is troops. Um, so uh, the basics of uh, of the army are that um, heroes give out a bubble. Uh, they have a, a death save of a six plus if you fail your wounds if you fail your saves and any unit within six inches of a of a character uh, also gets the 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 six plus shrug um we also get four grave sites that can be positioned on the board two in your own territory two in your opponent's territory um uh, once sides have been chosen 
uh, at which point you can, well, it's two in your own and two anywhere on the board. So you can have four in your own if you want, maximum of two in your opponents. Uh, and then when you're within um, nine inches of a gravesite at the beginning of your hero phase, uh, you can select a unit and heal D3 um, wounds uh, or wounds worth of models. It has to be a summonable unit. And then also uh, in the hero phase, your general can choose a gravesite within nine inches and spend a command point to bring back uh, a, a destroyed summonable unit wholly within nine of the gravesite and over nine away from the enemy. So if you can lock down a gravesite, if you can um, have models on top of it, uh, nobody can bring models through it because you can't possibly be within nine and over nine from the enemy. Um, the other thing that you can do is you can deploy units into the grave rather than uh, on the board as normal. And then at the end of a movement phase, a hero can choose a gravesite and pull a, pull a unit out of it. Um, well, one from each unit. So, uh, sorry, one one <laughs> one unit from each gravesite. Um, so that's the the general sort of uh, rules for legions. Uh, I've gone with Legion of Night because it's the best legion. Uh, there are other legions out there, but. <laughs> Honestly. Other legions are available. Yeah. So Legion of Night is um, gets a couple of extra bonus uh, things. First of all, in my own territory, Death Rattle units get plus one to save, which is quite important, as you'll see when I talk about the list. And I can choose up to three units to deploy an ambush. So they start off the board, and then at the end of any movement phase, I can bring them on within six inches of a board edge and over nine inches away. So it's it's basically a way to uh, to get where I need to get. Has that got a, a turn restriction on it? Cause no, also, no, 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 no. So, I suppose it's quite an old book now, isn't it? So it's probably pre. Yeah. Um, well, that's so, it. It's, was it's, it Stormcast Night Haunt introduced turn four or something or turn yeah, three? Yeah. So no, you can you can bring things on right at the very end. Um, so it's good. Uh, it leaves that threat there that people have to think about. So. So is that uh, any? Anyway, is that is that like? Board edge anywhere, anywhere, anywhere nine inches away. Yeah, but you have to be within six of the board edge. Okay, so it's like fleshier. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, which is really useful, especially because um, my main shock troop is harbingers, um, mm. uh, Morgast harbingers, which have a three d six charge. Um, so what I tend to do, uh, spoilers, and here's your hints is that I pull my harbingers nine inches away from what I want to kill um, with a character, so I get a, a 3d6 re-rollable charge um, because I start with three command points. So I can always re-roll that charge. Um, so if you misdeploy, John, if you show me your Keeper of Secrets, he will die. He will Lord, die. Lord of change. Uh, that's, oh, yeah, that's it. It's not Keeper of Secrets. Um, I always thought that they should be called Keepers of Secrets because they know all about magic, but there you go. Yeah, Lord of Change. If your Lord of Change um, is is hanging out the back of your army or is off to one of the flanks, it's dying. Um, <laughs> it, it, I mean, they're pretty good. Um, they're, not ma they're not brilliant, um, but they've got... Uh, so the unit of four will have uh, 12 attacks, 
uh, threes and threes. Um, if the if the vampire lord's nearby, the re-rolling ones, um, it's rend two flat three damage, so it kills most stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's it's quite useful. Uh, so what I use, uh, so the core of my army, I use the Death March, which is a a hundred percent built of Death Rattle units, uh, and I've used that for over two years now. Um, before the Legions and the Gash book came out, this this formation was in the old Mixed Death book, the Grand Alliance Death. So I used to use it back then. So it's it's made up basically of three units of skeletons. I take ten with swords, ten with swords, and forty with spears. Um, it has five black knights, ten grave guard, and a white king. I have the white king on steed. So the white king on steed's standard is a three plus save. It's made two plus because of legion of night, and then one plus when he's on terrain. So I tend to use him to grab a hero based objective. Um, he goes and sits on something on a one plus save. Um, he's got the shard of night is it called uh so you minus one to shoot him um and he gets his death save as well so he's quite tanky and he's normally got um a screen of his black knights around him or 40 skeletons depending on the the lay of the land um and the onslaught pack all of the missions is really good for me um because my terrain goes all the way up to the center point it's not those ones where it's hived off oh, the yeah back. yeah so i can hold objectives that are in the middle um There's and still ones. be within my own territory to get the plus one save uh so that's the basics of the death march what that gives me is an extra four inch move um for units that are within hang on what is it is it nine inches it's uh 12 inches of my uh of my white king so at the start of the hero phase i can move um an extra four inch move but that doesn't it no longer applies through the faq when you're within three inches of an enemy it used i used to use it quite gamily to come out of combat and then recharge and things like that because black knights are really good on the charge so was it the black knights the graveguard and the three warrior units yeah the three skeletons the black knights the graveyard and the white king and the white yeah. king. Yeah, so they all get an extra four inch move, um, which is pretty good because the black is that, knights. Is that all of them? Uh, if they're within you... 12 of so the. So it's not everything. It has to be wholly within 12 as well. Oh, so okay, okay. I tend to deploy them quite tight, but yep. some things I start within the grave anyway. So you tend to put your skeletons, the 40 skeletons in the grave because you get the big free move because my white king can. He has a, a four inch move in the hero phase than a 12 inch standard so he's he's got a 16 inch move so you can pretty much get him to any of your grave sites or to within nine inches of a grave site and then pull 40 skeletons so you've got a 16 25 34 inch reach for deploying skeletons really um from where your white king is uh, they just have to be nine inches away uh so that's quite good. So I've got a lot of flexibility. They're a lot more mobile an army than people give them credit for, because you look at them and you think, oh, it's just, it's just a load of shambly skeletons. But they've got a few shenanigans, and then you've also got the, um, the ambushing. But the other thing from the death march is that at the start of the hero phase, um, for each unit within nine inches of my white king, I uh, I get an extra 
model back, so my black, I don't have to roll um, on my uh, on my grave sites on my deathless on my uh, un deathly invocation or whatever it's called, where my heroes can bring back models in the hero phase and the grave sites can. I get extra ones back for the death march as well, um, which is useful. But again, that's only summonable. Uh, uh, summonable things because they're all summonable in the uh, in the death march, uh, and then to bulk up the the rest of the list, I've got my four harbingers I've already talked about, which are basically just to come on in ambush and make that charge. So um, they're there to clear off an objective or to kill something that's that's uh, normally got a good save because the ren two and the flat three damage is quite good. Um, I have a necromancer um, just because Van Hells is is really useful. Um, uh, so a, a combo, a basic combo is that um, the White King can give any death rattle units an extra attack. Uh, you can Van Hells them as well. So you um, you five Black Knights on the charge, um, a threes and threes for threes to hit, threes to wound. Um, if you've got the Dread Knight from my Vampire Lord on them as well, they're re-rolling ones, um, and then they're doing two damage um, on the charge as well. Um, they've got three attacks each, and uh, they're attacking twice. And the horses have got three attacks each if they've had Lord of Bones, and they're attacking twice. So five knights, which you'd normally think, eh, they come and do that. Plus, they're a, a five plus save standard, four plus if you've got no rend, three plus if they're in their own territory, and two plus if they're on terrain, which is really easy when you've got five of them. So you can have two plus black knights doing, uh, what, six, 12 attacks each, um, and, and kicking out quite a considerable amount of damage. So they're pretty good for killing what I need to. Um, aside from that, the Necromancer's got Fading Vigor, so that means that he casts that and you only have a, a 1d6 charge and your minus 1 attacks on all your melee weapons. Um, that's just stayed in there as a hangover from putting it in instead of Overwhelming Dread for when I'm playing against Gristlegore. But I found it's more useful against... Uh, well, it's, it's useful against all sorts of elites, really. Um, dropping that attack and making it so that the charge isn't an auto-charge. Um, all death units with banner uh, with musicians automatically charge six inches. So if you're six inches away, you're always going to make your charge. Um, you everybody's minus one bravery when they're within six inches of a banner. Uh, the more the morgasts give another minus one to bravery. Um, and then, well, I've not got the other bravery. Um, spells and then my final thing it's a four drop list i've got the death march i've got the morgasts i've got the necromancer and i've got a vampire lord on zombie dragon with the amulet so he's on a three plus uh ignores rend save um he's got pinions so um it gives him the extra five or ten if i roll a nine plus to movement he's also got swift form so that's an extra three inches to his movement um, so he's got a flat 16 uh, move. It might be two inches. Whatever it is, he's got a 16-inch move. And then that can be upped by pinions. So he tends to, um, to to go where he needs to, and he uses Dread Knight to um, 
to buff things. So everything's got its role, really. You've got the um, you've got the the forty skeletons, which is my anchor that holds an objective. Um, you've got the the Morgasts who are going to come on and kill what I need to if people have deployed wrong. Um, the vampire lord on zombie dragon gets where he needs. I tend to use the necromancer either to sit back with the um, the skellies or to come on as a babysitter for the uh, uh, for the Morgast to give them that reroll charges. Uh, I had to drop Geminids because, um, it, well, one, it went up in price, and two, you had to switch from a minimum of five grade guard to ten in the last um, handbook. So whilst they went down per five, you now have to take ten, which means I don't have enough of Geminids, so I've bought an extra command point. So I have two in the bank, and then I have four drops, so more than half the time I tend to go first or have first choice um, which means I'm starting on three command points so I mean really they're quite utility you've got a couple of throwaway units units of 10 your black knights you can you can tank them up and throw them into something hope they die because then you just bring them back for a command point somewhere else uh, and if they don't die uh they come back pretty quick anyway from Gravesite's characters and the death march ability. So yeah, it's uh it, it's quite flexible and it's somewhat I don't really have to think when I'm playing because I've used it for so many years. Um so so yeah, I think uh the the main thing for, for John, obviously, we've taken oh it's knife to the heart, isn't it? I think we're playing. Yep. But regardless, it's the one where from turn three you can auto win. Um, so I'm gonna undoubtedly stick all my troops on on my objective um, with my vampire at the back uh, and my black knights and my white king on a flank. They can get anywhere pretty fast. Those three things, and then my uh, grave guard, my morgasts, and my necromancer will be in ambush. So if anybody commits too much coming forward they'll come on and clear off an objective. And if they only commit a certain thing to go forward, then I'll just kill whatever gets put forward and then go across. So that's that tends to be how it work. Um, so, so there's a lot uh, there's a lot in Johns I'm scared of. Those nine enlightens are pretty terrifying. Oh they're nasty. They're they nasty. are the the horrific things. Um I think yeah. It, it's gonna be it's all gonna be about deployment and <clears throat> how much it commits to coming at me because the 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 legion of night uh, ability is called the bait which is what um <laughs> the plus one save for all your uh, death rattle is because you basically leave yourself exposed you make people come at you and then you come on in ambush and smash them up and when they get to the bait they realize the bait's a little bit tankier than they thought so um i mean my basic skeletons if you've not got rend are sitting on a, a four plus three plus if they're on terrain graveguard are twos it's uh it's they're quite a resilient army if you've not got rend the one thing that i don't like is mortal wounds same as anyone i've only got a six a six, a six plus death save so but it's a fun army it's honest it does what it says and i'm i'm more than happy to tell people what it's going to do before it does it well you've played it a lot haven't you so yeah 
Not for a so, while, but you're still in the still in the uh, jeans. I played it. I played it at Bobo. That's the last time I had it out. Oh right. Because I decided I didn't like the. Um, I'd been playing Sylvaneth, hadn't I? Ready for Six Nations, but I yeah. didn't like the the pack in that you couldn't put ob- um, terrain on objectives. Oh, that's right. Um, and how, so, and how, how many wins did you get at, at Bobo with it? I can't remember. Uh, four. I went four one. Oh, did you? Christ, there yeah, you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, I got best legions. So I got a little trophy, which was nice. Uh, so, but no, uh, the, the, it's a good army. It's uh, it's overlooked, I think. So once you uh, once you, once you beat John game one, have you got have you got plans uh, to uh, how, how would you deal with Slanesh, Do you think? Oh, I don't know. I, I'm open. Uh, I, I don't know if I'll beat John. Honestly, I I think it could easily be a draw. Um. Kill points. Mm. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It depends what he does with those enlightened. If he throws the enlightened at me on their own, I well, don't think they'll do well. He'll want to tag, double tag you so that he can fight yeah. last. But then he doesn't want to leave his objective so that I can come into the back. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got his Zango and two Acolytes, but I'll mince through them in, in a round of combat if I if I come on with my grave guard and my Morgasts. Um the only thing that I'm worried about is the enlightened. So it just depends. It's whoever it's who blinks first, I think. <laughs> um but the problem is for him, he has to do something because like you say, if he if he doesn't and it's Mexican standoff and I win the priority role for the last turn, he's gonna have to go first, then I'm gonna sweep everything into him and try and beat him on kill points. So yeah, it's a tricky one, but it'll, it'll be, be fun anyway. It'll be interesting. It'll be yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, there's some armies there that it just doesn't do that well against. If you've got a lot, a lot of models, you can screen off your your squishy bits, and you can uh, and you can really push out the ambushes so that they really uh, they can't get into your backfield or into anything that matters. It it can it can um, do me problems, but the problem is how long are you willing to stay in that formation while I target certain bits of your army? It's it's it is a it's very different. It's very Manfred esque. Um, I like it because it's it is Manfred's legion, and it's just it's a bit of a I don't know. He's, he's a knob, isn't he? So <laughs> <laughs> it is the most knobbish. Um, I used to always play Neff stuff, and I like all the debuffs to hit, but nobody enjoys playing against somebody when you can't hit them. So I stopped playing that because I stopped getting favourite game votes. <laughs> now, uh, well, we'll see. We'll see how, how people take to Manfred's Legion. But I'm not bringing Manfred, and I couldn't afford Vordry, so I'm just going with a standard, um, a standard Vampire Lord. So, And it's exactly the same list for King in the North, so... Yeah, um, hopefully it'll be muscle memory and I won't have to do much. Yeah. But what about yourself? What are you taking then? I know you're not at Onslaught, but for... Yeah, <clears throat> well, I would have taken this to Onslaught. That was the plan. I, I, I kind of decided to park the Gristle Gore, which I was playing the kind of Ghoul Patrol, Gristle Gore, Double Dragon. And not particularly well, because it's me, but I'd kind of got a bit... Uh, I mean, it's good fun launching dragons into people and rolling sixes for lots of mortal wounds. Don't get me wrong, but I kind of enjoy the flares a bit more when I'm playing. It's it's the army I had 
couple of years ago, and it's it's yeah. it's a lot a lot better than it than it was then. And uh, and it's obviously painted and ready to go. So it's um, it's 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 that that I wanted to sort of get back on the on the table until I can get another army on the go. Which let's be honest, it'll take take me months. So uh, I've got this ready to go, and as we discussed, it fits in a case now. So what I'm going to take uh, is Flesh at Your Court's blister skin. So which which is what I ran initially when the book came out. Um, took something fairly similar to this to heat two. Um, and okay, we've had a little bit of points changes since since then, which affects the the arch regent. I did have two of them at heat two, and that gives you lots of free summoning and stuff. Um, so it's tweaked a wee bit, and it's um, again, I'm not that sometimes creative when it comes to list writing, so it's uh, it's been surfing the WhatsApp groups and listening to people more learned and skilled than I who put these lists together, and this is. Uh, Steve Curtis from down south. He's he's pretty good death player amongst other things. Um, he was at the Masters uh, at the turn of the year down there. So he's he's a good player. He's, he's been pushing flesh eaters around a bit, and he's been pushing this list around. So <clears throat> basically, it's a a born ghoul king on terrorgeist. Um, still have a big flappy bird within there to get the to get the mortal wounds off. So. Um, it's from uh, Gur, so it's going to have the artifact Griff Feather Charm on the Terror Geist to give minus one to hit, just flat out, always on. Um, I've given it the Mount Trait, the Gruesome Bite, which is the kind of standard one to get the reroll failed uh, hits on them all. Again, looking for those sixes for six mortal wounds, so it's still there. I can still do damage, but it's not quite as gristle gory. Um, for his spell, he has uh, Spectral Host, which is the spell that makes you fly from the Flesh Eater Court's lore. And if you already fly, it makes you run in charge. So he can cast it on himself to run in charge. He can cast it on the flares for run in charge. However, he doesn't only have one cast. Um, and his War Scroll spell is the kind of go-to one anyway, which is the Unholy Vitality, giving him, or whatever he casts on, it's not, it doesn't need to be him, but Spoiler alert, it tends to be him. Um, <laughs> it's the extra five up save, so it puts him on a four up armor save, five up death save, six up death save, which is great um, if you can get that on uh, with a minus one to hit as well. So it's uh, he's, he turns quite tanky um, and he's still very offensive, even despite not being Gristle Gore. Um, you, can, you can still feeding frenzy him from, from himself, so that means he can go twice. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't fight when he dies, like the Gristle Gore guys can do. If you happen to catch them out and kill them before they can kill you, and then they kill you anyway. Um, Blister Skin doesn't do that, so you lose that. What you do gain from Blister Skin, the command ability instead, is the teleport Lords of the Burning Skies. So you can teleport heroes or units wholly within twelve of heroes for a command point, and it's anywhere in the battlefield, nine inches away. Blah blah blah. So. It's it's quite flexible. Blister skin also as a, as a, a grand court gives you everything plus two move. So you suddenly become very very quick. This puts the terrorgeist to movement sixteen. Griff feather charm gives you another plus one move alongside the minus one to hit. So he's movement seventeen. So he's very quick. <laughs> Quicker than um, me. Yeah. So actually, I find myself not. I mean, spectral host is there because it's all it, it, you, you're, you're silly not to put it in the list, but. I've not. I've, okay, I've only played. I think what three games with, with this list. Um, 
I've not tried to cast it once. I, I try and put the shields up spell on him, and the list is so quick that he, he can he doesn't need to run charge sometimes. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. I've not played that many reps with it yet. So that's the Terror Geist. He's not the general. The general is the Arch Regent. So he's got 240 from 200. So he's still worth taking one. It's it's not worth taking two now, I don't think. Um, no. Despite, despite, I mean, they're still brilliant. So he's got the, the built-in summoning. He can summon 20 ghouls or three horrors slash flares or any one of the three courtiers. <clears throat> so he's still very flexible. For free, if, you, if you're next to the throne, which you make sure you are. Probably turn one. Um... He has to take the Blister Skin trait Hellish Orator, which um, is very good. You, As long as he's alive on the battlefield in your hero phase, you've got a four-up chance to get an extra command point every turn. So that's great, especially for Flesh Eaters when you want to be popping Feeding Frenzies as the battle is progressing. His spell, and he can cast two, so he's very good. His Lord of Madness spell is Deranged Transformation, I've taken, which is, again, a plus movement spell. Um, and this adds your wounds to your movement, but only if you're six wounds or less. So it doesn't work on Terrorgeist, but it will work on... And it won't work on him, actually, but it works on the Flares, who are four wounds each, and that means they get plus four move. And it's quite a long-range spell. I mean, Spectral Host is always quite a tough one because you're wholly within 12. You find yourself trying to deploy properly at the start. This one, I think, is 24, so it's or 18, but it's, it's slightly bigger anyway, so you've got more chance of a bit more flexibility. Um, so that's that's in the in the box for the flares, who uh, I'll come to in a second. That's uh, his his built-in spell. Is, of course, is the plus D3 attack spell, which is fantastic if you can get that a plus three or two on something and you're fighting twice then you're going to be taking something out quite uh, <coughs> quite easily um he has to take the artifact or actually somebody has to take the artifact from blister skin and actually i'm telling you i'm skipping a line here so that's that's the arch regent the next hero and the last hero in the list is the crypt infernal courtier so he's the flare hero and he's taken the blister skin artifact i have hish which is a uh, um, minus one to hit shooting bubble wholly within six. So it's very tight, but you can squeeze a Terrorgeist and nine flares around him. If, if you <laughs> See, that's like it. a really good version of my artifact, where it's just <laughs> minus one to hit in the shooting phase for my character. Uh, yeah, so you get a, a bubble. This is a bubble, so it's always on him, and if you can squeeze folk around him. Um, yeah, so so in the couple of games I've practiced, it's it's I bubbled up against Rich's Sylvaneth just to see if I could do it and to see what it would do versus his Kurnoths. And um, it's handy because it makes your terror guys minus two to hit with shooting. That's the whole point. So he becomes minus two to hit shooting. Everything else is in that bubble's minus one. Um, so it's quite a little anti-shooting thing if you need it at deployment or or whatever. Uh, so that's the heroes I've got for battle line because it's blister skin flares can be battle line. I've got nine flares and then three flares and three flares. So together with the courtier, they make up dead watch formation, which lets uh, one of them fight in my hero phase. Uh, it used to be all of them in the old, the old fashioned book, um, but now it's just one. So that's that's come down a wee bit, but it's what, there. What's, to... what's the price now of a? Uh, Barrent Ghoul King on Terrorgeist. He's uh, four twenty. So he went up twenty points. He did. I was just thinking, then wouldn't that be the ideal ally for the Legion of Grief? Yeah. Because if you've got all those bravery debuffs, and then him coming in, and that that can because it's got the royal 
um, whatever thing. It, it just heals D3. It does, turn, he, doesn't it? He heals D3 in his hero phase. He's got his scream for D6 plus 6 versus your bravery. Exactly, that, ten, that, ten that range. so good against uh, the bravery uh, debuffing armies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose you'd just have to take the Terror Geist on its own. Um, and the Royal Terror Geist still heals D3, does it not? Or is I that think, only when it's within range of a... Uh, I'm not sure. I've never run the, 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 no, the, no. the Naked Terror Geist, actually. But it's, it's, it's the Ghoul Kings that heal D3, because the Ghoul King on foot heals D3. So He does, yeah. It might not be the, the, the Naked one. Okay. Um, I'm not sure on that. Um, so the Flares, so they're plus two move because of Blister Skin, so they become 14 basic. Um, if I get deranged transformation off from the Arch Regent, they become eighteen basic. So I'm eighteen movement flares, seventeen movement terror geist. I can I can go pretty fast. Yeah. And the list is closing out with twenty ghouls. So unit of twenty just standing on their own. They're there for bodies. They're there for a screen potentially if you need to screen at start, or they're there to just be some bodies. And you can buff them up. You know if you can get the plus. It tends to be that obviously those the flares fly off and the. The courtier, sorry, the arch regent is left with the throne because he's summoning turn one. The throne's got to be in your own territory, 12 inches from the edge, so he's left behind a little bit. The ghouls are sort of near him. He can buff the ghouls up with his plus D3 attacks if he's out of range of the of the birds and the flares. Um and ghouls buffed up are, you know, 20 ghouls, they just they just get their two attacks each with well, they're twenty. If you can get plus three on there, so they're five attacks each, you know. So uh, fighting twice as well. So ghouls can can take things down. Um, and that's the list. Nineteen ninety. No spell. No, no no endless spells this time. I've I've been running the feck spells probably in every list actually, but nothing. In, there's no room in this one, unfortunately. So, um, but it's two command points on the list. I bought one, so it's two. It starts turn one with three, potentially four from blister skin. I have. Uh, sorry, the Hellish Auditor trait. So, you know, you've, it's got some teeth in it. Yeah, um, no, it's a nice list. I really like it. I like yeah. the skin. I'll, I'll no, I love the they... flares. The, the, the unit of nine. Oh, no, what I've not said, of course, is the summoning. So, what I, well, what's in the box, basically, is uh, the Ghoul King on Terror Geist. He pays his command point to summon. He, he can't get it for free. And he can only summon three flares or three horrors. So, I'm getting three more flares because... Yeah. Keep, keeps things nice and consistent and they're they're better i think um <clears throat> and the arch regent gets the flexibility he so i bring a varg with him um and what that gives me is the two regen engines for the unit of nine flares if i can get the varg near to the flares quickly which i can do probably turn two um with my teleport so the teleport blister skin has to be the start of the movement phase the summonings at the end of the movement phase, so I can't bring him on and then teleport him close to, to be within yeah. regen range. But turn two, I can quickly get him where he wants to be. So if you time things right, you can get your two courtiers near your flares so that you can send them in. You, folk can try and kill a few, hopefully, and sometimes you can kill a lot of them. But with a bit of luck, I can roll those uh, fives and sixes to pop them back. That's the plan. No, <laughs> oh, it's good. I always like the blister skin, and I think that with the the um, FAQs on Gristlegore, um, they've just gone from strength to strength, really, and they've kind of rose yeah. to the surface, haven't they? It's good. I, th I think if you can get good with the teleporting, and have you know that, that there's a trick there, definitely you can you can win games with that, and I have done in the past. Yeah, I think it's just practice, isn't it? And yeah. it's like I say with um with this list I'm playing, it's. For not for for just somebody to just pick that up and take it to an event, they'll probably get absolutely battered. 
but I think you just get used to you just get used to playing a certain a certain force, don't you? And it, it yeah, it oh, becomes... it's great getting them back out. I do I do love playing with the flares. Well, I remember when you first had them and we played um, at an Agon, and you had I was playing Death March in that. Yes, and I think I had Neff, didn't I? You did. And, Turned uh, me off. Yeah, that was which you wouldn't know because it's unmodified no, sixes and it's additional it. mortal, so it's they're better than flares. There's their yeah. screams better as well, so they're they're nasty. Yeah, I'm. You won't see me apart from at Carnage. You won't see me with uh, more tarks on the table now until we get a new book where they have a five plus minimum death save. <laughs> I think they need a death lord save. I think it's ridiculous on a four plus save with a six up. It's for the cost of them, even though they've come down. I just think they're too squishy. Um, but at Carnage, I am um, I'm taking triple Mortark. Um, I may Car- take it to the Howling as well. Uh, Carnage, what's Carnage again? I'm going Carnage on. is Adam Roth, uh, Adam Turner's event. Oh, of course, right. It's the, the day the, after the Howling. The mini um, Egon. Yeah. So son of son of Egon. Yeah. No, I didn't know that there was, and we'll come on to this maybe in a second because it, it deserves some chat. But I didn't know that there was going to be a. Uh, a Scotland training day the day after oh, Howling okay. yeah. and so I've I've booked to go down to Carnage um, but I've I've committed because I was going to do it at an Agon the last Agon but I didn't manage to go um, the last one that that I didn't make to take triple Mortark um, so I'm going to do it I'm going to take the three Mortarks you can fit the three Mortarks and a death march in um so so i'm gonna go triple mortark death march i think um and then i'm gonna yeah and i'm probably gonna do horrendous but i'm gonna go (laughs) legion of night so that i can bring all three mortarks on in ambush um so i'm gonna start the games with just my white king on the board and then everything (laughs) else in ambush or in the grave just for shits and giggles so and I might do the same at the howling. Um, it depends how I'm placed in the rankings. If my position for um, the masters is secure, I think I probably will. If I need to earn myself some more points, um, I might take something a little more, a little more tuned. But we'll see. Sounds good. I think that we need to allow um, double or even triple points for King in the North, though, just because if it's the Northern <laughs> Masters and normal Northern rankings. Like, yes. We're in the Arctic Circle. I mean, yeah. Watch me. So the um, just just there then the um, the Scotland Training Day. As I say, there's going to be a one where we get together. Well, where you all get together because I'm now going to Windermere um, on the day after the Howling. But tell us a little about little about those and and what what the the setup is and what the ambition is. So this was the first, this is phase one of uh, Operation Get Rid of Potato Peeler slash Wooden Spoon from this year, which uh, Scotland unfortunately claimed uh, at, at Six Nations. So this is just a, just to get better, basically, and to get more involved in the community, just everything really, just try to increase the visibility and get more players involved who maybe feel they don't want to approach people, maybe think it's a closed old boys club, which it isn't at all. Um, yeah. And and just to get more people used to the team games and and the system, you know, the, the kind of uh, match-up systems and getting used to reviewing lists and doing 
doing the matrix, things like that, trying to identify strengths, weaknesses, and good matchups, bad matchups, and just just for us to play more outside of events. You know, just all all the things we kind of talked about post Six Nations. We thought we can to try and improve performance and just just start from kind of the bottom up. You know, so um, so Mike. Uh, was keen to push ahead with these and he he sounded out Steve at Common Ground to, to find uh, when there was some free space and when when people could make it try and get a decent turnout so uh, we had an event last not an event just a, a meeting last Sunday um, 12 of us turned up uh, well not just turned up but we <laughs> said they would go so that we could uh, Mike then put us into two teams of six kind of two weeks before it or maybe maybe not quite two weeks, but certainly more than a week. Um, and he got us to actually what he got us to do was put our lists, send send his li- our lists to him first, um, and then he put us into two teams of six. So it wasn't quite the uh, what you would say traditional way of building your team lists to you know as a team. It was more just put your lists in. Right, I'm going to make you into two teams. Here you go. Right, off you off you go, and uh, and and sort it out. So. Um, there was a mix of lists. There, Mike certainly put a bit of thought into who you put in each team as well. In that, you know, there was there was a kind of veteran veteran players in there, and a couple of the new guys, um, of which there was probably what uh, let me think, there's probably five or six ter- came along from people who haven't represented Scotland before. So that's that's the whole point of it is to blood the new the new uh, players. So. Um, I was in a team with Lee and Liam, who were the kind of veterans, Lee being the captain. Uh, so he was the one in charge of kind of uh, basically doing the sort of draw on the day and, and trying to get the matchups favourable and whatnot. Uh, and there was myself, there was uh, David Jack, who's been running sort of shooty stormcast for a while. Yeah. Uh, there was son of Lee, Adam, was in the mm-hmm. team as well. And we had, who was our last player? God, I've gone blank now. He's going to kick me. Uh, it'll come to me in a second. Uh, oh, Callum! Strong. Yeah, it Sinky. sounds a pretty strong team, and he had yeah. the gets, did he? He had the gets, so yeah. So he had Callum had gets. Adam had Sylvaneth, kind of fairly shooty list. Uh, I had my list, which just talked about the feck. Uh, we had Lee with his Slanesh, Liam with his daughters, and David with his shooty sort of Stormcast. So we had quite a nice spread of lists. Quite good. Happy with that. Uh, team B was led by John Bayliss, so again, one of the Scottish guys from this year. Uh, Mike was in there as well, so he wasn't being captain this time. He was sort of just delegating a little bit to John to let these guys get a bit of a taste as well, you know. They had Andy Curry in there as well, so former captain, so three sort of strong uh, players there. Uh, they had also uh, Stephen Ramage and his Night Haunt. They had... Uh, Matt Rennie and his Sylvaneth and John Craig and his Devoted. Uh, Devoted, we just talked about. So, yeah. Lee, uh, sorry, uh, John had Change Host. Um, Mike had his Stormcast, which is fairly mixed kind of list. Andy had his Fire Slayers. We had John and his Devoted. They had Matt and his Shooty Sylvaneth. So he had like seven times three Colonel Hunters with bows. <laughs> Plus some heroes, so very, oh, very yeah. skewed, quite a skewed list, you know, on purpose. And uh, is that everybody? I think I've mentioned everybody there. So theirs was probably the more shooty of the kind of teams. Um, so off we went. We we Mike planned it as basically a two round event where we and he he preset the realms. It was full realms. It was 
full secondaries. It was basically a Six Nations pack, you know. So yeah. which I hadn't played before actually, so it was really good for me. I wasn't at the Six Nations this year. Um and he set the missions round one. Um Okay, I'll get the spreadsheet open, but off, off we went. So we, we so we paired up based on you know their their lists and and versus the missions as well. So to try and give as much information as possible for Lee and Liam, who kind of led the pairings from our side. Um, and it, it it was really good. It was really really useful. It was it was you know very laid back. It was we we had sort of two rows in in common ground whilst they were running a Middle Earth tournament on the top two rows, and there was a bit of Star Trek in the middle row. So it was. <laughs> You know, there was plenty good on. It was a nice busy day, but it was it was very laid back, and and everybody was kind of chatting about stuff and helping each other out and stuff. And um, I played Mike game one in uh, Blood and Glory, which was in uh, what realm was it again? Oh, it was in Hish as well. So it was the light. It was you know I, I was I was hopefully fishing for a bit. Of, always strikes first in there, but um, and me with my minus shooting buffs against Mike and his you know a nine. Raptors with uh, long, long you know, strikes. Yeah, yeah, I thought, oh well, you know, I've got a bit of protection here, but yeah, I, I played it completely wrong. I, I took first turn, uh, I, and I kind of bubbled, moved my bubble up, but didn't didn't really commit. And then Mike tabled me in three turns, so <laughs> that was the end of that. <laughs> the, the, the Raptors did their thing, the Ten Evocator did their thing, uh, and I just kind of played like a chump game one. So Mike Mike deservedly thrashed me game one. Um, uh, but it worked out that the teams uh, got three wins each, three majors each. So there was only a few points in it when you took the secondaries into play. Um, so it was very even, very useful. Folk were learning the learning the ropes that way. Went into round two. I got the devoted, which was that's why I <laughs> talked about it earlier because I played it. So uh, I got it in the like I said, the battle for the pass, long ways mission with a triangle deployment suits me and my fast exploding out army really really well i get to go first i'm only four drops um if i want to be i could still take my seven drops and still beat john up at the table so i you know i took turn one i exploded onto the middle objective scored five points turn one scored five points turn two blah 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 so he he was kind of pinned in um and that that got me the major so i so i ended up with it personally with a, a loss and a win which i was happy with for myself Got a couple of reps with the list, played with the secondaries properly, um, and in terms of how the, our, our little team did round two, we managed to get uh, was it four? Actually, was it four or five wins we got round two? So we, you know, we took it out basically based on that on that round. So that was very useful, but it was good for folk to you know try out the matchups. And I think Lee and Liam did a great job of particularly in round two. I think we, we ended up with quite a favourable set of matchups, like. For example, with one of the missions in round two was um, places of arcane power, so the hero mission, diagonal, three objectives, um, and it ended up with David's stormcast shooty list being put up against the change host, which change host must, you know, they, they don't want to expose their heroes, um, particularly the sort of shooting as well. So I think that was probably quite a favourable matchup for us. And, and was that John Bayless then with the change John Bayless, he was playing. What, uh, what, yeah. What's he taking at? Um... He's taking Slanesh, is he? He's taking Slanesh on the slot, yeah. Yeah. He was, he was keen to try Change Host, I think, for this and the kind of <clears throat> team setup. So it's a strong list though, Change Host, isn't mm. it? Yeah. Yeah, and he and he played he played Liam. He was drawn against Liam round one, which <laughs> unfortunate for them having driven down from Aberdeen together for three hours. <laughs> they played each other. <laughs> and they played each other quite a lot up there, so well, we know that we're gonna play each other in Tromso, aren't we? Oh yeah, it's guaranteed. It's, it's yeah. gonna happen. Happy, but... happy to. 
<laughs> we're thinking though, aren't we, that there's going to be a new Zinch book? Yeah. So, I mean, by the time we come to well, Six yeah. Nations and ETC next year, um, Change Host, it might not be a thing, or it yeah. might be a totally different thing. That's what we're saying. Was you know, John was saying it might end up being like a kind of grand court, you know, a, a, a storm host chamber, whatever you, want to, you know, whatever you want to call yeah. it. It'll be a flavour of Zinch. Uh, maybe. Well, it's certainly how they go in in all the other books, isn't it? Even if you yeah, look yeah. at Sylvaneth now, Sylvaneth, it's... exactly. Yeah, Dreadwood and all that. So different. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, I don't think it'll be around in six months, but it's 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 a good way to play a strong list in a team environment. You know, you'll still get get. Uh, you know, experience points from playing with it and against it. You know, um, yeah. whether it exists in six months is very doubtful. But um, still, still, still a good team list. You know, yeah, um, definitely. I think that there'll always be a place for Zinch. It's, it's, uh, yeah. it is good. Uh, I was watching the other day with the kids. Um, the I don't know. <laughs> sorry, I'm digressing. But this is what Zinch does <laughs> to me. Um, the the Dark Crystal series. Oh, Have I've seen, seen the new one. I've seen the trailer uh, for it. Yeah. The thing is, it's those Skeksis. I don't know if you've seen the film, but the Skeksis are just lords of change. They're like little guy, and they used to terrify me as a child, and they're just as bad now. Yeah. yeah, and they're like with the bird heads, and they just yeah, look yeah. very Zinchian. And I'm, well, I'm not 100%, and somebody will probably correct me here, but there might be nine of them as well. And anyway, um, I was watching it with the kids, and I was thinking, these are just lords of change. <laughs> this, what's going on here? Yeah. But, uh, no, it was a. Uh, it's pretty good actually. If you if you like that sort of thing, and it's all puppets like Jim Henson's puppet things. Yeah, yeah. So it's worth watching. But yeah, there you go. Anyway, so so it's it's positive those uh, those days. So very positive. That, um, that they're going to really help the scene. Yeah, definitely. And and you know, speaking to other guys, I'm sure they could give better feedback than me. I I I, I was a sort of halfway house. I've, I've been in it a bit before, but I'm not as fully involved as as like you guys have been recently so it was good for me um and it was, it was i think it was good for the the old heads as well so i think it's taking it to a new level though isn't it because it's, it's not what so... we need to do yeah definitely and i think that the idea of developing our own our own way of playing is probably the best thing we can do because we saw that with ireland last year yeah um the fact that they had so many off the wall lists that uh i think that they took us Everybody was a bit on the back foot, and they got really good pairings and really good missions. It all just the stars aligned for them. Yeah, and, well, uh, they put yeah. in the prep for it. That was clear. Speaking to them a few months ago, um, so that's what we're trying to do: is just kind of do do, do it their way, but but with our touch on it. You know, um, we're, we're yeah. not we're not going to try and copy anybody, but we'll we'll put our own spin on it. We'll work to our strengths, hopefully. Yeah, do well. Um, yeah, so we're planning a few more. There's Nathan's already sounded out. Steve for one at the end of the month so this was, you probably don't even know this actually, I don't know Stu, but there's uh, 28th, I think it's 28th September it's a Saturday. Yeah, I saw that but um, I think we don't get back till the Monday do we from Tromso, so the likely Yeah, that's it, it's the following week so I said I, I'm yeah. not sure about that to be honest but I just, um, I don't think I could make it down, I'd yeah. I'd, uh, I'd struggle. So we're going to try and, you know no one said monthly, but you know, let's try. Let's we could try and make it monthly to some respect, even with only with a few people. It could be really informal. It could be more formal like this. Who knows? But we'll try and get together more. We're going to try and move it around as well. I mean, common ground is very easy. It's very simple it's to get good books facilities, and tables. though, isn't it? It's, exactly. I mean, it's got everything we need. We'd like to go up to Aberdeen and try and 
help those guys out from having to travel oh, all the time. And that'd that be good. Suit, I'd like to. I could do that, that. That would suit you as well, you know. Yeah. But it's whether we can get space up there. It's whether we can get space in the games workshop or Riath's talking about opening a opening a shop soon. And but I don't oh, think it'll have good. that many tables in it. But it could certainly host a small thing, you know. So so we'll see. We're going to keep it going. We'll just keep things moving along, and we'll try and we'll try and get good. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that'll be good. Get better. Well, well, my um, this is the it's kind of related, and just thinking of Riaf there and his old um tabletop minis thing he used to do. We are uh, currently, um, just as a Patreon update, we're uh, three supporters off hitting our next level, um, and our next level is uh to do monthly video reports, which will be pretty mm-hmm. excellent. So um, now we've had. I mean, people obviously come and they go and, you know, situation changes and it's really good. And and people who were originally at the podcast level may have dropped down or people sometimes come up and things. So everything's in a bit of fluctuation. But um, we've had some people drop out, but newer people coming in. And we're sitting at 27 at the minute. So when we hit 30, we're going to do that. And um, we... And so I've been looking at getting things sorted. So what I've done is over the last uh, couple of months, I've been building up uh, a new stock of mats and scenery um, just so that when we do move to doing this, we'll have a, we'll have a good variety of things. And um, uh, the, the new house that I hopefully shall be in in the next uh, couple of weeks uh, has got a... Um, well, a studio in it, which will be uh, we'll be able to use for for filming and broadcasting um, battle reports, mm. which will mm. be pretty cool. Now, mainly it'll be people from Orkney, clearly, and our local uh, local players. But um, it'd be pretty good if we could get guests up and be able to give people sort of like accommodation to come and uh, uh, to come and play a couple of games and get things recorded. So. We'll be uh, we'll be hoping that people will um, volunteer to do that, and our supporters will always be welcome. So any of our supporters will always get first choice, and if they want to come up, they'll get digs. Um, there'll be a, a spare room um, on site, and there's a yeah, as I say, there's a there's a, a dedicated um, room for um, for broadcasting of the, the the games. So that should be pretty good. So so if people are uh, we're interested in making this come true, and I'll and, be there. No, yeah, definitely. Come on up, and um, I've been talking before. No, it'll be good. It'll be good fun. Uh, and I know there's a couple of boys from Aberdeen and stuff who come up every now and again, but yeah, it'll be quite nice. And uh, I think we've got enough. I mean, we've got. I've been building up mats over the years for for doing events, but we've also got. Um, I've, I've I've gone quite in with uh with the terrain i did buy quite a lot off um, dark fantastic mills a couple of years ago so i've got i've got their stuff but then um i don't know what it is at the moment but uh the battlefield in a box stuff do you know this the um the stuff that agom has all that paint pre-painted stuff all right i'm not sure about that it just seems to be really cheap at the moment on ebay so if you go to the troll trader stuff that's (laughs) normally 30 40 quid is like 13 to 17 quid and i've bought quite a lot over the last few weeks i think they must have just got a load of stock in or they try to shift it so um 
So yeah, is it from, is it from Agon? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all sealed. It's all brand new. Oh, okay, cool. I was going to say, um, God, hope not. No, no, but no, it's uh, so it's just that same sort of range of stuff where it's just pre-painted terrain. Um, so I've been I've been stocking up on that, and uh, should have some pretty pretty good looking battlefields to uh, to do things on. I'd quite like to do some Warcry stuff as well, mm. um, because it's such a good game. If people haven't tried it, they really should. It's I was surprised how small the board is, but it's a uh, it, it's a lot better. And an hour, you can get through a good game in an hour easy. Um, you can even get through like a three, four player game in an hour and a half. So um, it definitely lends itself to um, Friday night gaming or Saturday night gaming at an event. Yeah, sounds good. Well, anyway, that's that's exciting. Um, and hopefully Riath will uh, will open a shop. And if you guys can come up and do something in Aberdeen, that'll be good. Uh, but yeah. Yep, definitely the plan. We'll keep it going. Yeah, so so it can only help the scene anyway, and it can only help stuff. And we've had a and thanks to everybody talking about the um, Six Nations and stuff. Thanks to everybody who's been in touch about the ETC. I was surprised, um, to be honest, how many people have been in touch. Yeah, so I, I mean, thought I thought it'd just be like a couple of people would say, and I'd I'd have managed to get a a little team of people and and we'd go, um, but people are going to actually make me pick now which makes it <laughs> difficult because uh because we've got way too many put themselves forward than than there's unfortunately places for and etc's an even smaller team than six nations it's only six um there has been some talk of a vote um to make it eight but some of the other nations are concerned that if it goes up to eight they won't be able to field a team and they'll have to drop out so yeah, fair enough yeah. i think maybe um, six is probably the best thing to do until it becomes better established. Yeah, I mean, I think you'll see probably double the teams next year. You know. Yeah, I think so. Um, and if it stays at six, fine, and that, that'll build the hype more. Yeah. Um, so what one thing I was hoping to do is, um, I mean, I, I still see very much as we spoke about last time, uh, six nations. You can see from this prep that you guys are doing and all the stuff Mike's doing that that's very much the the pinnacle of 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 our hobby. Um, and the ETC side could almost be a bit of a feeder to that. And I think that um, whilst it's a side event, at least, if it ever becomes the yeah. main event, then maybe things will change. But yeah. the way that Six Nations is run, you've got the best venues, you've got the best players, You've got mats, you've got great scenery and terrain, and it's it, it couldn't really improve that much. Whereas I think ETC, from looking at the photos and hearing the feedback, is has got a long way to go yet before it gets anywhere near that that sort of a level of an event. Yeah, um, I think they, they need to try and dial down the kind of bureaucracy and the... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've not been involved closely in it, but... Six Nations is just kind of organised and you're told, right, here's the pack. Yeah. There's a little bit of to and froing with the captains, but basically here it is, off you go. Yeah. Whereas ETC seems to be a bit more bureaucratic and they get caught up in things and there's the longer delays and blah, blah. You know, there's running in August is always the problem of being one or two yeah. months post post new edition or whatever. So new but I think, so. I think they are, cha- are going to next year, by the sounds of it, I hope anyway, going to use the next handbook, which will be good. good. 
There's definitely be been chat about that. And that'll um, build the hype even more because folk will be more <coughs> keen to see who's yeah. doing what with this, with what list, you know. Yeah. And so what what I was thinking was rather than um, just I was thinking if just a couple of people had put themselves forward and off we'd go. I think um, a lot of those people that have put themselves forward because um, there is quite a few um, are also keen on Six Nations. So what would be a great thing is if rather than people go to both um if people apply to do the six nations like the actual uh the charter says um if they're not successful in in achieving the team this year um if they can if if they want to be considered for etc instead that'd uh that i mean that that'd be fine and what we can maybe do is um if eight people make it onto the the Six Nations team, and then we have a, a a different six people on the ETC team, and then we can have a little bit of churn and a little bit of back and forward. And you know, yeah. I was yep. thinking I'd probably wait then, um, and me and Andy can well, unless Andy's in the Six Nations team, we'll we'll see how things work. But yeah, um, we can wait until after Mike's got his team picked and selected um before we pick ours and then we can do training events against each other even yeah um, good idea you know, yeah, yeah um yeah. we might have to have one or two ringers maybe you'll have to join us uh, if you're <laughs> hey. uh if you're because <laughs> you're coaching aren't you <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but if we had you and kev maybe um because yeah, kev's yeah. a non-playing selector True, that make yeah. us up to eight um so if you pick your team i think is at the end of december yeah, something Things like that. Closed. Towards the end, towards the end of the year, definitely. Yeah. 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 So if we can get ours in the new year picked, that'll give a good three or four months where we can we can actually uh, play against each other and do what you've been doing for your Scotland days, but maybe do it um, A versus B. Or if it's sh- if it's shirts versus skins, I'm not being <laughs> on the skins team. <laughs> nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Nobody. Um, so, but no, um, hopefully we can work together and then in future years um, it can be more formalised and we can have a, because I, I think it's something we want to be involved in and definitely yep. from the attention it's got and the interest from people. Yeah. So I think uh, I think that we can we can make it work. We've got enough players. Um, now, it's, is it the big, when is it in May? It's the end of May, is it? What's or that? the beginning of May for Six Nations. I get confused between no, no, Bobo and Six Nations. No, no, it's June, middle of June. Middle of June, and then it's first first week in August for yeah. uh, ETC. So, uh, yeah, that'll be good. Um, so, so when is the application forms going to be released for Six Nations? Um, fairly soon, I guess the next week or two or three. It's, it's, it's. We've drafted something up. We just need to sort of batter it around a bit. Um, but it'll be fairly soon. Oh, that's good. And then it'll once be announced that... all over the place. I mean, we'll we'll not keep it. It will, yeah. Anything, so and and once that once that's uh, once that's done, um, if we can get hours, and we'll have a yeah, I, th- I think we'll do well. I think I think the wills there. I mean, it, it smarted a bit last year. I think we were uh, we were lessons, unlucky. Lessons have been learned, and I'm, yeah. not, I'm not trying to sound holier than thou there. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, yeah. but the the prep and the effort that's going in is a different level. We've never seen it like this before, so no, no, I'm no, sure no. it'll pay off. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think um, 
the youngest of the young isn't going to join us. He's not going to no. come and give us our Slaneshi chat. He's no. obviously too busy playing, um, I don't know, bank account breaking card games that <laughs> isn't good for anyone. No. Yeah, magic. I can't even make a joke on it. I don't know anything about it. So there you go. No, I don't. <laughs> I think I bought the first ever starter decks. I remember I was a teenager anyway, and um, it it just it just grew arms and legs and escalated, and it was one of those you you just couldn't keep up with. So I, thankfully, I got out of that. I was more interested in role playing rather than uh, collectible card games. So. Yeah, doesn't appeal to me, I must say. No. So okay, so we've got uh, onslaught next week, and then we'll we'll maybe try and catch up the week after, and we'll go through the King in the North pack and the lists. And yes, yes, yes. And onslaught. Is there anything yeah. else from you? Well, I was going to say earlier on, I was multitasking, and I finally updated the TGA Scottish event calendar, which hasn't been Ooh. done for several months. So the colours of things are now correct the sort of green amber red thing for the events um is this for next year and not for next year i'm going to add that and i'm going to add tempest uh, as its own event page i said i'd do it last weekend and i failed so before we hit next weekend this weekend coming i will launch tempest so you can start to buy tickets i mean the date has been set for ages it is uh well i'll just close my calendar hold on 19th of january 19th, have you got it there? Thank you. So, no, I just know it's in my brain. Ah, good. Good man. Good, glad to see somebody's remembering it. I've, uh, uh, yeah. 18th, 18th and 19th. There you yes, go. So, I've, uh, I have, uh, me and Arwen are coming down. Hey. So, so there yeah. will be approximately 50 tickets. I don't know whether to cap it at 46. I think that's 46 is kind of comfortable and common ground. So we'll see how yeah. it, we've not hit that number yet. So we'll wait and see. You know, if no. we hit 40, I'll be delighted. So yeah. it'll be a standard two days. So that's coming up in January. Um, yep, we've got on slot this weekend. We've got Renegade. So this is a, a Stephen's one day meeting engagement, 1000 point event. He's he's uh, not got that many numbers, he was saying. So he's he's. Always happy to get more folk and interested if you're free that Saturday. Mm. Um, that's the Saturday, the fifth of October. So I think it's worth. I'm going. Um, Are you going? Good. I, I can't go that day, unfortunately. I but. think I'm going to take. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to take. Uh, Arwen was going to go, um, and she was going to, uh, she was going to play, but um, well, two things. Firstly, I think we're going for a, a drink in the Merchant City the night before. Um, that's been arranged now, hasn't it, for the Friday night? Oh, of course, yes, yes, yes. So, so that's Friday, and then unfortunately, I'm working in Wales ridiculously. <laughs> um, Monday, Tuesday, so I've got a, I've got a drive straight from Renegade. Well, I'm going to stay in Stirling, I think, that night, and then I'm going to drive to Wales on the Sunday. Then I'm working two days there. And then I'm going to make my way back up. So I can't really take the child out of school for that long. Plus, she can't really come with me while I'm working. That would be inappropriate. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I'm coming on my own. So I'm going to play. So I'm, I'm looking at these Iron Jaws and thinking, I'd really like to get an Iron Jaws meeting engagement. Thousand points forced on in time. Mm. Whether or not I'll make it with Onslaught and uh, King in the North, I don't know. I might end up taking death. 
I might take a death march. I can get a death march into a thousand points and sure. take Legion of Night so I can ambush as well. Uh, we'll you, see. You've got your backup plan, that's what you need. Yeah. Um, and also in the calendar, as we've said before, the Howling, so Mike's one day uh, event, Saturday 26th at Common Ground, so he's he's uh, looking at about 20 odds so far, I'm sure it'll be almost a sellout. Go up. Yeah. yeah. So and, and if people are wanting to stay over, they can go to the, the practice day, the game at, the day after? Yes, so that's the next day uh, at Common Ground, so we're going to hang about um, probably stay that night and see how many folk are. We're probably looking like we'll get roughly the same number of folk again, hopefully, and a few new people that didn't make the last one. So that'll be good. That that's on the Sunday. So other than that, we've November's Winter War. So John's <clears throat> dwarf tournament, which you can harass him about when you see him on Saturday. Um, there's no, I don't think there's any firm news on it in terms of selling tickets yet and all that. I know it's only September, but it's never too early. Uh, get it. Masters, get it. Masters, seventh and eighth of December. So that'll be, yeah, top twenty. Get... Is it? Is it top, top twenty this year? Top, top twenty. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, all will become clear. And what's the last ranked event? Well, at the moment it's Winter it's War. How? Oh, oh, is Winter War going to be ranked? It's yes. <laughs> so they are happy for it to be ranked because it's not the charity event this year. When is it's... when is it? Middle of uh, November. I've hang on oh, a second. Crikey. How close is that to the Masters? So, oh, good question. There you go. I see your train of thought here, Stuart. Yeah, because I have to book travel and accommodation and, and so for it's, the uh, other Orkney boys. Saturday 16th. So it's a one day. Um, I mean, you should know. We should have a good picture by then about who's likely to be yeah, borderline or not. Who are borderline, isn't it? Yeah. What position, Spatch? I'll check and let you know. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I think, yeah, because the was outside way last now. year. It is, yeah. I mean, but last year old, it was a bit close. Because slot. we had Aegon last year, and um, yeah. then there was an Aberdeen event like the day before or something. Yeah. Which was, well, it wasn't the day before, you know what I mean? It was, uh, it was, it felt yeah. like it. Right, Aegon was the big one before it, um, yeah. which was two dares, but there's no, there's no other so onslaughts the last two dares, so. There's more points in them, obviously, um, but howling will be a lot of points if it's um, if it's full up. Um, it'll be it'll be points to be harvested there. So, lots that to play for. Good. Sounds good, um, and it's crazy. Uh... Oh, sorry, I was just reading a message. This is the problem of having a phone. Um, it's 20 past 10 at night and my child's emailing me. What's going on? <laughs> She's only 11. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Look, I'm being a good parent here. I'm going to send her a... There you go. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, the other probably in a... not inappropriate news, but not really relevant news is that um, thanks to Mark, who runs uh, Onslaught, he has agreed to swap months with Northern Invasion for next mm. year. Because I'm um, going to be involved, as we've said, with the ETC, um, having Northern Invasion in July, and then potentially a couple of weeks after having to go and do that, I was I was already starting to think, oh crikey! Mm-hmm. So, and he's a school teacher, so July works a lot better for him. So yeah, we've switched things. So it looks like Northern Invasion is going to be one of two weekends. It's either going to be 
the first weekend of the 19th and 20th. It just depends of September next year. So there's a bit of an extended delay until it, um, but it's going to be about a year from now. So there's plenty of time, um, but it's going to be the fifth one. So we're going to do some pretty special stuff. So we hope people from previous events um, that maybe haven't got to them all are going to uh, dust off an army and come along because we're going to make it a special one. And uh, there should be some some good swag. So it's all um, about the swag. We need people to commit. We'll we'll give a lot of notice um, so that people can advise their significant others or their employers that they won't be available on those dates to do something uh, that clashes. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, I toyed with the idea of making everybody take Grand Alliance only and not take anything else. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was I was informed that would be ridiculous. So Everyone must that. take a Mortark. <laughs> everybody has to take a Grand Alliance death with a Mortark general. <laughs> no. So, uh, so, yeah, well, life's good. The world's good. Mm. Um, and we've got We've got plenty of dice to roll. And Northern Invasion dice are broken. It's, it's I, a fact. I used mine for the first time on game two on Sunday there. <laughs> I finally broke them out. They, they were quite good. Yeah, <laughs> I won the, yeah, I won the good. game. There you go. Enough said. Correlation yeah. <clears throat> confirmed. There you go. Right. Well, that's us. And um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Thank you very much, uh, to everybody for listening and uh, those people that are supporting us thank you and if three just three small people come on board um you'll be getting video battle reports before you know it <laughs> with the orc, featuring orkney meta slaves to darkness armies of puppies and uh, whatever else mixed death there you go you don't want to see that Broadcast live by pigeon from Orkney. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. We have to see how fast the internet connection is. But yeah, right. So it's good night from Orkney. And it's good night from everywhere else. Everywhere else. Do you remember the time when you were gone from Mars? I don't know if you knew that. Oh, it's definitely playing cards and you were intimate cigars. And she never told me her name. I still love you, the girl from Mars. Sitting in a dreamy days by the water's edge. On a cool summer night Fireflies and stars in the sky Gentle blowing light From your cigarette The breeze blowing softly on my face Reminds me of something else Something that in my memory's been misplaced Suddenly all come back And as I look to the stars I remember the time you were gone from Mars I don't know if Electricity in the air Twisting all through the night On the terrace Now that summer's here I know that you are Almost in love with me I can see it in your eyes Trains 
Love you, girl. 